It's warming up. Come on, jazz hands, jazz hands. Come on, baby face, do jazz hands. Look at that. Diximus Maximus back in the ring. What's Doing going on? Jazz, jazz cuff, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we are live. I hope you got your big girl panties on. <laughs> it's episode 284 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast, coming to you live from the Strange Media Studios in Gainesville. Uh, I'm Hank Strange. This right here, Babyface P with his head down. There he goes, the ghostly Babyface P. <laughs> and of course, there he goes, uh, Brother Noopsy. Brother Noopsy has forgiven us. He's great, gracing oh, us out of it. <laughs> with his presence. <laughs> Kevin Dixie, he's back in the building. What's going on, Kevin? What's oh, up? man, I miss it, man. I miss the chats. How's everything been going? Good, good. You know, we've just been here working, you know, doing our thing. Yeah, you know. Work is yeah. always good. Handling it, handling it. What's up with you, man? Oh, nothing, man. Um, uh, the same. I would say working, um, trying to, you know, spread the good word. Been busy, been on uh, ripping and running, um, traveling. So it's, it's been fun. I can't complain. Uh, guys has been good. It's been been great to get out and spread the word and talk about the movement and just trying to do my small part. Absolutely, man. Just got to keep on grinding one foot in front of the other, you know. Yes, sir. You know, that's the, the revolution fire. You know, it's like one of those... Uh, it's like uh, what? What do they do? I guess in the Boy Scouts, baby faces in the Boy Scouts. I don't know. Yeah, what about? Um, yeah, the slow fire. The the slow fire is always the hardest one to start, right? I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's a thing I've ever learned. But no, you didn't learn sense. how to like. You didn't hurt, learn slow how to rope fire. two sticks together or something. Or, God no, or no. We had some rocks. We had gasoline and matches. We were. You guys <laughs> just threw gasoline on it. We actually, we actually would kindle ours, but we would use lighters. So oh, millennial Boy Scouts. And then like a pile and then you light it like that. But uh, wow. yeah, I never I never actually had to use like a fire stick or anything to spark it. Oh. We have now, a- you know, Kevin, why the Boy Scouts is doomed. Baby face me. That's right. <laughs> Apparently now they just throw gasoline on it and get it. <laughs> get it going. Hey, if Walter was here. We can't uh, wait, you know, for our fire to start. <laughs> OK, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I guess that's just a myth. It's just a myth. All right. So cool. Yeah, this is episode 284. It's all about Kevin Dixie. He's here. You know, we've got some other things we'll talk about, but uh, it's all about uh, Kevin Dixie. Um, lots of people in here shouting out Kevin right now. I see that. Katie. Lots of Katie's going on. Uh, people. Let's see. Armament and Axis says, great to have you back on the show, Katie. Chris Bullis says, what's up, Katie? RTS guy. What up, Katie? Richard Hughes. Katie. Weston Probst, hey, hey, good to see KD's back. Uh, and uh, Moobutt says, who this? So there's, there's all that stuff going on. Before I do the shout outs, before I do the shout outs, um, let me see if we got uh, someone's asking for neck bones. Um, I just said he's downstairs with Mark. Yeah. Classified information says, always prepared with gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Muba says, I'm going to go get my NOC hat on. Okay. Do that. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, Tango Hunter says, missed my Diximus Maximus. Hashtag Burl. Burl. Yeah. Lots of, uh, uh, phallic symbolism in there. (laughs) I don't know. Tango, if you, uh, you know, I mean, this is why, this is why the good Lord made dildos. 
<laughs> oh man oh man okay all right all right fine let me uh before we get into it here before we get into it i'm gonna go down the list and just shout out everyone uh, i was kind of late getting started up because i was having some computer issues on my end so i think there's there were probably like two um two hangouts that went up so we had to delete one but shout out to everyone who's here socal gunner flopping garbage richard hughes the Archangel, um, let's see, Joe Carpenter, Rob Avis, uh, SDL Storm Spotter, Chris Bullis, Knife. Knife is throwing up a bunch of symbols. He says Kevin Dixie, uh, Power Fist. The, this is the rock thing, right? Rock thing. Uh, what the hell is this thing? Is that like this? No, this one. This one, like this. This means, is this like uh, Hang 10? Or, I, don't, I don't know. With this one, but he's throwing up a whole bunch of. Do you see that on the top of the chat, Kevin? Uh, yeah. Which who is that again? Knife. It's a dude. There's a dude there just named Knife. Oh, so crap. I'm not yeah, be able to find it. I'm looking for it now. Yeah, go go all the way up to like the top of the chat. I don't know if I don't know. It might not be in your chat, but Dixie fist, uh, like rock symbol. Yeah, there's just a whole bunch of symbols up in there. Yeah, what is this symbol though? What is uh, this? Like, one? You know, that's like rock on. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, it's rock on. Oh, I thought this was rock. No, this is evil something, right? No, that's, that's like a that's I don't know. I don't know. No, you can't have two it's rock on symbols. That bull. That means <laughs> you can't have two. You can't have this and then this. This one is a. This one I'm pretty sure is like for uh, surfer dudes or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure of that. So, okay. All right. Kiaski. Um, Kiaski says we must talk about the Time Magazine cover at some point. I guarantee you Kevin Dixie has like 10 uh, issues of that somewhere on his desk. <laughs> Dude, you, 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 that's, about, that's, about, that's about correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the one that I haven't even cracked open yet. I mean, I won't get into it. No, go ahead. Show us, Kevin. Let's you see it. Don't, don't be, you gotta even, um, There's one in plastic? Yeah. No, this, one is, open. this one came from the official, you know, uh, let me get it. Oh, look at that. Uh, that's pretty cool. Oh. Yeah, so I haven't, um, I haven't taken this one out yet. So hold on. This is from Time Magazine? Yeah, Tom sent, sent everybody that was a part of it. They sent them your own. Ah, that's pretty neat. That's I'm badass, actually. Yeah. Liberty yeah, so. Street. Okay, very cool. I hope your address is not on there. You're covering your address, right? It's, it's to the range anyway. It's to the FFL. I didn't, oh, okay. have, I didn't trust time to know where I lived. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can send it to the gun store. Be yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the way, congratulations. Every despot, criminal, dictator. Uh, has shown up on Time Magazine, and now you. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a, hey, I'm in a, I'm in a power, right? But I have to share around with 244 other dictators, so, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't care if it was 2,000 people. Whatever. It's still official. still official. It is. It was, it was yeah, awesome, man. Can we see a copy that's not in a manila envelope? Uh, You know what? For for, for my, my home crew here, I will open up this one. Oh, okay. You know, wow. We are getting... I'm going to frame. We are getting, if there's some SARS coming out of there, it's about to be on. <laughs> yep, you're gonna, so y'all know who to remember. You see the address, right? Make sure you go get them. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure. Let's see here. I'm trying to take it out without ripping it. All right. There yeah, it is. Why didn't you you could have just shown us one of, that was on the desk. Uh, No, they're actually upstairs. All right. Oh, okay. I feel like harassing children. But uh, voila, there it is. There we go. Boom. And there it is. 
That's okay. So, so there you're, I you're, am right there. I'm right in the center. Wait, hold it up. Hold it up. You got front and center. That's hold amazing. it still. Hold it still. Oh, look at that, man. You got right above the N and the S. I know. Guns. Front and center. That's awesome. Yeah. So who is that right next to you on your right? The lady or the man? The uh, There's two women. Oh, on this. Right. Uh, two women. The, so you're talking about the black lady right here? Yeah. She's a school principal, I want to say, in Philly. Okay, and she's she's pro-gun? Not pro or anti. She's just more about her kids not having them. Oh, okay. High school kids doing stuff, you know, when they leave school, shooting each other, kind of that thing. She she wasn't necessarily anti, but she definitely is, you know, talking to, we need to do something. I don't believe that was cool. Okay, very cool. Very cool. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So what was this exactly? Was this some kind of symposium? Um, so what happened there? So there are 245 people on the cover, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is that including? Well, it's, 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 a whole, it's a whole rollout feature. Oh, damn. OK, so some people are on the back and some people are on the inside. Yeah, you can um, try to grow. So, so this is the entire mural. OK. All right. So. That's the mural. And it's um, you can so see the inside where it has 245 different voices. Yeah. So the inside, so the inside flap was, it looks like those were dudes with guns. Oh no, there's people with guns on both sides. Yeah. People with guns all over the place, which is, I love. Um, So what basically happened, the way they put this together is they went to three cities around the country. Um, I believe it was supposed to be, but I believe they went to Detroit. So I think they were a lot in Detroit, but I know they went to Dallas, St. Louis. I know they went to Philly and I think they got a couple of people out of Michigan. Um, And what you basically did, we went here in St. Louis, we went to a big studio. Uh, that does a lot of uh, Hollywood productions of mm-hmm. sorts. And we went in there and you had this uh, very talented Frenchman by the name of J.R. Um, okay. And you came in and it was it was surreal because, I mean, you know, you've been in front of cameras for a while, so you kind of know how it's going to go. You're just here to do a thing. And you walk in, but it's, it's nothing like anything I've ever done before because this guy was just like off a movie. Like, yes, you. And like looking at you. Blue steel. Right? Like, Oh yes. Wait, he was undressing you with his eyes? That's how I felt. I was like, hey, I know that you're used to seeing models, man, but hey, I'm I am human, you know. Yeah. He never saw Deximus Maximus before. Never, never. He was taken yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, go, go they, easy, baby. Only the tip. <laughs> they had the cool thing about him was he didn't have an opinion about guns one way or another. So mm-hmm. he was he wasn't afraid of them or anything. So as we, you know, I got my guns out, and he was like, okay, um, nice and cool and we staged the guns they took photos of the guns because my gun actually one of my guns which my son actually had to point out if you look at the cover right and i'm not holding a gun obviously except for the you know the cannons you know i got those but (laughs) Mm -hmm. you look right here and then you look right there there's my aiming for the truth rifle the unique Uh, ars oh okay and and i didn't see it because i'm like and we went to the mirror he was like your gun's in there i'm like it's certainly so my gun made the cover of time magazine too by itself, it was too good to be with me. And so mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that yet. But um, we, uh, you basically, you stood and you had probably, I'm going to say about 12 feet apart, you had two different reference points that were marked by X's. And what you had to do is basically do a movement and talk from one point to the next and go back and kind of repeat that cycle, whatever your thing was. Some people held up papers, some people held up their guns. Whatever your thing was, you went from one point to the next. Um, and then you did a, a interview. You went into a separate room outside of the photography studio. You went into a separate room and you just did audio. Now, one thing I will say that Tom did right is they didn't interview you. 
They had three questions pretty much taped to the table. And you just like, answer them. And that was it. Like nobody, yeah, nobody tried to twist you up in your words or well, what were your three questions? Um, I, I, it was pretty much like, what's your stance on I might be this might be a little, a little off, but believe like, what's your stance on guns? Why do you believe what you believe and what do you think we can do better? Alone. Okay, okay, cool. Very, okay. you know, very kind of you're not trying to really poke the bear one way or another. I yeah. think you can go check the Time website. You can go listen to all of them. Everybody had. Them. Oh, you can. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. I I didn't hear I didn't hear anything about this. I think I only knew about this because I saw Maj. Obviously, like Maj did a big circle around him, right? <laughs> right. And then he put that on on um, Instagram or something. I was like, oh, cool. Maj was like, but you know, I didn't know anybody else was there. And then I think someone here, uh, what someone in the chat said that you were on it as well, or. When you, was that baby you face? Go, was that you? I can't yeah. remember. When you when you go to the front page of Time, I don't know if it's still up, but uh, okay. basically you could click on each person. It would give you a, a small bio about who they are, and then you can listen to their whole audio. So it was really oh, interesting. sweet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah you I actually you, pay, pay, pay attention. I actually listened to you. Thank you so much. Sir. <laughs> if, you go to, uh, if you go to time.com uh, forward slash guns in America, it'll come up. Or if you just go to time.com and click it, it's going to be up there for a while. It is pretty cool. So this is where I kind of push the envelope. So you got, you're supposed to have three minutes. You know, they probably got a little wiggle. Um, so, hold on one second. <laughs> so they told you. That you only had three minutes. Yeah, they wanted to <laughs> Which put to you on. sounds like 30 minutes. Yeah. We had, uh -huh. we had to multiply that by a bunch. So I went 26 uh -huh. minutes. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. How did I know? How did I know that? Baby went, face, find that link if you can. Put it here so we can share it with everyone. Okay. Uh -huh. yeah, Go ahead, Kevin. Minutes. They kept about, um, I mean, mine was pretty long. They edited it down to about, I want to say about five. Uh, but one thing I can say, because we all know time is, you know, it, you would say they lean one way toward this issue than another. Mm -hmm. But even through my edit, they didn't mince any of my words. They didn't like chop it together where it sounded like I was saying something I didn't. They did a very fair, even job with it. Um, and then after that, I did a couple of behind the scenes uh, videos and I sat and waited like everybody else. And when I seen the finished product, I was impressed. The funny thing is, Corinne Moser uh, tagged me in it uh, when it came out. They were a little bit ahead of the curve. And I got I'm like, well, she tagged me in it. I know I'm here somewhere. So I'm looking all around the cover. I'm like, what? Where did they hide me at? And then I just <laughs> you were so, how did you miss yourself? That's what I'm saying. I just looked straight ahead and I'm like, how the hell did I wind up in the middle? Yeah. That's, awesome. that's pretty cool. So, so the thing is, from what you were saying of the story of this, it wasn't like a whole big massive group thing. Everyone came in, they had their exes, they took a picture, and then the guy arranged all of this to look like yeah, that. Yeah, the artist JR, that genius of a person, um, he took okay. it and he made all of us look like we were in the same room at the same it's, time. It's incredible how he cut yeah. it out. And when you when you go to the website, it's all animated as well. So yeah. the the picture like it comes up and everybody's animated. It's really neat. It's really, really cool. It's like a guy shooting clays on there and everything. It's it's pretty it's pretty yeah, awesome. Cool. Man. Yeah, this was a cool this was a cool thing. Let me see. I'm gonna put it in here. By the way, bricks. Shout out to bricks. I didn't do all the shout outs, um, but there's a there's a advisory. By the way, there's an advisory that some images might be disturbing. Uh, bricks is actually listening to us laying on the table getting acupuncture. So there you go. Okay, that's what's and, up. Yeah. Um, Oh, I see. This is cool. Yeah, this is a cool little animation. Yeah. yeah so you, 
you were about to smack somebody, I'm guessing. <laughs> now, the crazy thing was, now, even though we all weren't in the same room, you probably in the studio, you probably had every bit. Like when I was there, I was there for roughly two hours. I would say there were every bit of 70 people there. You know, um, mm-hmm. you were there with a group. You just weren't like everybody. You were individualized when you did your portion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing that you can hear some of the conversations going on in the, the crowd and, and things of that nature. So when you walked in, when you brought when you first came in, it was funny. They had a off duty uh, state trooper, um, a county cop and a city cop. there. very nice people. And um, they were just amazed at the guns coming in. They're like, <laughs> and it was funny because one cop said, he was like, so what do you do? You know, small talk, right? While we're back, because you had to get your guns clear. They had to check them and stuff like that. So we go into this back room um, and I'm making light of it because we're walking back to the back room. And I'm like, hey, everybody, I am walking with three cops to a location. I don't know where I'm going. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, just making light of it. I went to the back room and uh, I, I cleared the gun out and I brought the, the rifle out and our eyes just kind of buffed a little bit. And he's like man, what, what do you do? And I told him, he was like, you know what? We're starting to notice a trend. All you guys that like are in the gun industry all have the coolest stuff. Hell like, yeah. I was like, well, that's probably because we only brought the cool stuff out. <laughs> yeah. The smart people probably didn't want to bring their babies. They didn't want to get scratched up. But, um, you know, we, um, we, we, we talked about that for a minute. They were cool. I actually left uh, two, you know, you always got those Lucy's in your, your rifle bags and stuff. And it was two two twenty three rounds just floating around a bag somewhere, and I'm like, "This is where it goes bad, right?" Yeah, sure. It was just yeah. floating around. Hey, I'm just saying it was just moving around. <laughs> just no, floating I, I, around I, in case I accidentally have to defend myself against <laughs> all these communists. They um they grabbed um I mean we I I actually wound up just leaving rounds with a cop. He was a he was a a, a shooter, so I was like, "Here, man, just take these second like, moment, half on whatever. It's on me." Um. You know, I was uh, I had my sidearm on me, fully loaded. I took my handgun off and, you know, downloaded it and they were cool. Everybody was relaxed. And just looking at them made me look out at everybody else like you guys clearly know what they're doing back here. So you clearly I'm talking about the people that weren't pro gun. It's like you really can't be that afraid, though, because you're in a building full of people that at minimum have a ton of guns right out in the parking lot. Yeah, they're just sitting out there. You know, and everybody felt safe. Everybody was in a good place. So yeah, invite them to a NRA annual meeting or something because everyone's armed in there. And they right. they want to be. Yeah. Huh? So it was uh, it was good. It was it was it was yeah. fun. Man. And I think that the, um, the way they put that together, I mean, it was I'm not going to lie. It took me back, man, because, you know, you, you never think you're going to be on a cover of Time magazine. You know what I mean? Like some stuff doesn't even even cross your mind. Mm-hmm. And for it to actually happen, um, I'm just pretty like, cool. It is like you give yourself that moment. Like you don't want to be that guy that's like, "Hey, I'm on the cover of time," but at the same time, I'm gonna you be do. A, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you seen the cover of Time magazine? Yeah, I'm not um, saying I'll do anything to get there because no. However, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I might be that guy that just I don't know accidentally pressed the nuclear launch button. What? <laughs> yeah, no, let's not do oh, the, is this the button. Right here? Boop. Oh, man, did I did I do that? <laughs> it was pretty cool. I will advise uh, everybody if you have some downtime, um, you can even the cool thing about them. If you're like at work or something and you can listen to like your, your earbuds, if you go on your cell phone and you click them, you can put your phone up and it'll, it'll still play the person's audio. So you don't have to stand there and uh, sit there and stare at it. Uh, there's some pretty interesting stories on here. Um, the guy that's I keep forgetting which one he is, but I think it's the guy right there. That guy, you guys remember the shooting in Dallas where the five cops got shot? Mm-hmm. 
Remember that uh, there was the uh, the guy that um, they put out the bolo for, and he wasn't even the guy that was. Oh doing right, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. And yeah. to hear okay. him tell his side of that story is pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, it's gotta be scary. Right. There's some pretty pretty cool stories on here. Um, we got uh, police. Our uh, St. Louis City Police mm-hmm. Chief is on the cover. I've had a couple of conversations with him. Mm-hmm. Director of Public Safety. It's some. It's some. I would advise people to go listen. Um, I would say most of the folks are talking with rational heads, um, but you know, it's it's good. It's a good conversation. I'm not going to bash. You. They did an awesome job. I don't know what else to say. They did a good okay. job. Very cool. And Diesel Vision says, "I just set gun owners back 400 years." So wow. I don't know. What the, uh, what? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, because of, because I would launch the nuke. I would launch the nukes. Oh, okay. <laughs> do, do you want me to triple down on it? <laughs> I would totally, totally press that. We got to make sure it works. So how do you make, you know. Oh, you know what a real cool got to make sure it's not like a water nuke or something like that. You know, you got to make, let's just test it out. You know, point like California right over here, a little fault line. Boop. Press it, you know. Just disconnect California a little bit. That's all. That's all Leave I would do. <laughs> all right, Kevin, what was it you were trying to show us in there? Another guy that's really cool story to listen to. Um, I would definitely recommend. Obviously, go listen to all your gun people. Right, go listen to all of them. Corinne Mosier. It's a, it's a few other uh, great women on here as well. Uh, go listen to all of them. But this guy right here, that guy, that dude, mm-hmm. he's out of East St. Louis and he's a pastor. Clearly, he's packing a pistol. Yep. And to hear him say why he carries a gun is enlightening, and it had to do with one of his parishioners getting raped and running in the church because it happened in the parking lot. Oh man! Right, okay, I'll, I've got these. I have the website up, and I have them all marked out. I'll yeah. give them a listen after this. So, yeah, yeah. and then also we're getting requests. People want to know um, how much are you going to charge to get a signed copy? Before you answer, <laughs> I would just say send the money to me, ah. and then you know we'll make sure you get it back. It you know it will be signed, Diximus Maximus, when it comes back to you. Mm-hmm. No, um, I'm just kidding. No, don't say it. Don't say it. What are you charging to, to sign copies? I wish I would. You gotta come take a class, right? Uh-huh. You got to come take a class with Kevin. He can yeah, bring you. I like the way baby face things. Come do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are these are these still on stands? Can people still get these? Yeah, it's the November issue. Yep. So it's, it's the, the November. Okay. The yes. Go out there. Buy up your copies. Okay. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm, I guess now I'm gonna have to buy a copy. So it's yeah, well, I'm, I'm gonna have to reluctantly get Kevin Dixie to sign it. Mm-hmm. You know, but but I will vandalize right where, like mysteriously, right over the end and the S where Kevin Dixie is. I'll vandalize it a little bit. Oh, you know, you know, I'll Kevin just is. just look. This is how it's gonna look when I'm vandalizing it. Just that's something. So something like that, I would put it. It got vandalized in real life, though. Did you know that? What? It got vandalized in real life. Really? What do you mean it got vandalized? They put, they put this because it's traveling around the country. Mm-hmm. And so they put this, the mural on the side of, a, they call it the uh, Houston uh, Bowery Wall. It's in New York, New York. So apparently it's a big wall where they display various art. All right. So it's on this big, basically the side of a building. Yeah. Otherwise and, known as Manhattan, but okay. So I'm looking, I'm like, now that's super cool. Now my place is plastered on the side of a building. Like, this yeah. is getting better and better. I would immediately so, fly down there and take selfies. <laughs> <sighs> I, I, I didn't even get a chance. I know you attempted. Don't lie. Oh, no. When I saw I go up, I'm like, how long is that going to be there? Or like a couple of weeks. I'm like, hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, that would be kind of cool to go do. But they, um, because at first when they said Houston Wall, I was like, oh, Houston, Texas, I'm there. And then it was like, oh, no, Houston, Barrowall in New York. Uh, okay. But after the synagogue shooting happened um, in Philly, um, for the 11 victims, somebody ran and spray painted the number 11. They, like, my face is right between the numbers. Like, they spray painted it big on the wall. Um, the number 11, and then everybody in that lower right-hand corner by the pastor and all the people that are holding the guns up, they just, just X them all out. Um, and they did that because they wanted to we were the problem. Like this yeah. is the problem. Like a protest. I would yeah, say I so was your was your yeah. face still visible? I actually have a link. Oh, you got a link? Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was still- I was still like the lead the numbers went right by me. I'm yeah, like, it's like right over it's right over your head. Hold on, let me all right. Yeah. That. I'll I'll link it in chat too. Okay, yeah. Because uh, I would still I would still go. I mean the wall is the size of like two of my houses, like next to each other. It's big, 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 big. So is this after or before it was vandalized? This is so if you scroll down, it'll show you that it was vandalized. There's like blood, blood, paint splattered on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh let's see. Can we still No, Kevin, you still gotta go down there and do it, man. I don't know if it's too late. <laughs> I, I still- don't know how long that thing is gonna be up there now. Because I don't think go down. Down. I might leave it up longer. Just just like sneak in there. Go, you know, I say go like one, two, three. Two three o'clock in the morning, just you know, <laughs> quickly. Like, just cut your face out. Cut <laughs> no, your own face out, and then just just leave. Oh, you want to take your take your take, part? Take oh. Your own face with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should. You should go down there and take a picture with it, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I kind of do. Even though, and, and it being vandalized, man, that's just uh, you know that just makes it even more part of history. Oh, Can't that's let true. That stop anything, you know. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, well, no, that's a cool deal, man. That's a very cool deal. How did you find out about all of this? How did this actually um, wind so up happening? There's a group that I've uh, I went and spoke to in St. Louis. They're called the GCLA. They're um, um, Gateway Liberty Liberties Active. I'm, I'm going to chop it up, but they're a good group of people, good two way folks. Um, and they, they they invited me in to come to speak to their group, and I did. And I they were time was apparently reaching out to various people in the area. And they started, I guess, with organizations, right? Because organizations probably know more people. And when they were poking around, I got a call from one of the uh, one of the guys in the org that was like, "Hey, uh, basically, I'm going to pass you this number. They're, they're poking around looking for people to kind of do something with Time Magazine." Most gun people were kind of cautious for obvious reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm always looking for, yeah, in a mic. I'm like, whatever, let's go. Um, so I, I called. So thanks to him, he reached out to me, and I called. Um, I called the coordinator with Time. Picked right up and I said, okay, this is who I am. And they were like, okay, if you, we would appreciate you doing it. And I was like, all right, we set a date, we set a time, and there it was. Yeah. So let's amazing. go back. Go ahead. What are you going to say, babyface? No, I'm just, that's really cool. It's just right it place, right time. Somebody, somebody got you in. Well, yep. also, also, I think, um, I think that your philosophy on it, Kevin, is closer to where people's philosophy in the gun game should be. I know everyone's paranoid and they, you know, when things come up like reality shows or interviews and things like that, they don't want to do it. I don't really agree with that. I think that people can't put words in your mouth and people can't make you do things that you don't want to do. So even if it's not legitimate, let's say it's something like Borat or whatever, right? You know, trying to prank you. Can't make you do something you don't want to do. Yep. Can't put words in your mouth. We have to actually... The, the, one of the problems is, is like we could just say that the media is screening us out, which is probably true to some extent. And then we're screening ourselves even more. Yeah, I, I'm a bit. You, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, I can't 
I won't even try to repeat it because you're 100 percent correct. And that's how I looked at it, man. I'm like, you know, if you feel like that you have. For, I'm using this word lightly, but if you feel like you have an enemy, then I want to be on a platform that's talking to that enemy. Right. Because if, if you're going to scream at me in every in any other platform, but when it's a platform you support and you're going to pay attention to it. Cool. What, what stage I need to get on where you can hear what I got to say. And I'll mm-hmm. go to that platform. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it you know, it, at time I'm like, ooh, time. But then I'm like, oh, it's time. Like, I'm not saying no to Time Magazine. Like, yeah, because no. even if there's a, a bunch of people that still are going to just go to the website and I pick up a magazine and still read the articles and the stories and listen to the audio, you need to understand our voice. And our voice is not what you've been fed over the last two decades what a gun owner is. There are all type of gun owners and we come from all kinds of different perspectives. So you need to hear that. So if this is a platform for you to go listen to it, by all means, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, job well done there. I think um, the only people that we know on there is you and Maj, right? I don't know if there's um, anyone else. Me, Maj, um, uh, you know, are you familiar with, uh, there's another very successful business owner from this area named TJ. He owns an outfit called Tactical Shit. Um, I've heard of no, I've heard of tactical shit. I don't know the other. Yeah, TJ's on the cover of here as well. Um, okay. Uh, TJ's on here. Uh, you got Karen Mosier, kind of professional uh, shooters on here. Um, who's Corinne? Who's Corinne Mosier? Corinne Mosier is she's a comp shooter. You might want to go look her up. She's nice. Corinne is right down here at the bottom. She's the girl. Well, it's two of them next to each other. Mm-hmm. That one's Corinne holding up the the rifle. Oh, okay. Um, Karen Moj is a great, great shooter. I mean, she's got some great content on uh, social media as well. Okay, cool. Um, I've heard that name. I've heard that name before. Uh, not just Antonio, Antonio Okafor is on there. There she is right there. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, she's right there. Kind of like laughing. <laughs> is that? Yeah, is that she's holding that, holding that wife. I think she's like screaming. Um, oh, okay. All right. Uh, and then I'm trying to shout change. out, shout out to my Nigerian people, by the way, Antonio Okafor, you know. I'm, I'm, I gotta go look. By the way, I just I just found this out. I just found this out, Kevin. Um, I I didn't know Coleon Noir was Nigerian. Man, he's yep. he's one he's one of my people. I didn't know this until yep. like recently. I just recently found out because he was on. Um, which a lot of people here won't look at this kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, DJ Vlad TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, you know that was cool. That was cool. So he's one of the Nigerian peeps, which is awesome. You know. Got to represent, got to represent for those people. Okay, Antonio Okafor, who was the other person you were going to uh, show those on there? Antonio Okafor, uh, I didn't get a chance even. Where was Maj? Where was Maj? Maj is in the inside cover oh, right oh. there. Okay, let's see. Oh, there he goes. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, he's, he's doing like one of these numbers, it looks like. Yeah, like, now like cut that. it out, shut your mouth. Yeah. Okay, all right. I ain't going forward type deal. Um I know it's a ton of other people on her. I know too. You guys will know him too. It's just TJ's head is so. There's TJ right here, but for some, right there he is right there. His head is like down a little bit. Oh, okay. But there he is, and he was apparently they were supposed to be doing something cool with him uh, taking. He had a can, so he was taking a can off and taking an upper receiver and a lower receiver, putting it all back together. That was going to be his movement. But somehow they only wound up with that and it didn't come out the way he thought it was going to come out. Um, but he's on there. Uh, we got, um, I know some more, a lot of more gun people on here and I'm going to skip yeah. over them. So I recommend are, everyone, everyone out there, go get a copy of this thing. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you see me, I will personally vandalize the section with Kevin Dixie <laughs> for you. 
you know. Oh man, what's what? What else can I do? <laughs> I think some of the great things were though. It's the least you know, I can do. The, when I tell people to make sure that you are being cautious about making enemies on one side of the debate or the other, and be willing to listen. One thing I would say that the not all okay, but a lot of people that tend to be pro gun have always teased and made fun or criticized the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Um, and then when you look at this, so I say, be careful with the way you talk to people. When you look at this, there are two guys up top holding up ARs wearing Black Lives Matter shirts. Yeah, I was I was kind of confused. Yeah. By that. And one of them is the guy that you're saying from the Dallas yeah. shooting. Yeah. yeah. And then there's another guy. Because the guys that are part of Black Lives Matter, uh, Black Lives Matter is not an anti-gun organization. You got to remember they got, I mean, you might not agree with their point and what they were doing, um, which that's to each his own. But at the same time, they weren't necessarily anti-gun. Um, so a lot of people were taken back by that. I got a couple people ask me, like, how can I have a gun and have that shirt on? I was like, how can, there's lots of things that you can yeah, do that seem contradictory. Police, is that? More accurate? They're not, they're not, they, well, the movement started. Black Lives Matter, you know, and it, it, I, I only happen to notice because I'm right in the same city where it started. It started to just not to say other lives didn't matter. The original start was it was I believe it was even called the Ferguson 100. The original start of it was just to say Black Lives Matter, too. Like we're getting mistreated in these communities and we want somebody to uh, we want other people to pay attention. Stop sweeping it under the rug. So it wasn't excluding. It was amplifying like, hey, guys, I'm here too." type of notion. What happened uh, and, and nobody was really giving it any kind of grief then. Like nobody really, uh, really thought enough to fight it. And what happened was it started getting money funnel into it. Um, mm-hmm. and message then message taken like over. Work, the yeah. money came from people uh, like Soros. And you go back and you look at it, then they hijacked it and they made it into something else. Well, I mean, if you if you go back in time. Right. And um, if you look like I've I've seen uh, video clips from um, Malcolm X and, and some other people out there, lots of messages get taken over and corrupted. I'm not saying whether or not those messages messages are right, not right, whatever. Right. We all we're all on different sides of things. But that's always the big thing that happens. If, if there's a message out there and someone could come in and corrupt it, someone comes in if, if you leave room for them to be able to do that. I think it's the same kind of thing that happens with the MAGA hats, right? Like there's people who think that that's um, I, and I don't know where you're at on that, Kevin. I don't think uh, we've got we've ever had that conversation. But there's actually some people out there who think the MAGA hats equals Ku Klux Klan. I don't know. I've heard you. Yeah, I don't know how you make that how you make that leap a jump. Yeah, I mean, you you figured, you know, well, you know, certain people feel Trump is a racist. So thus, if you're wearing a hat that supports him, you're obviously supporting Ku Klux Klan, racism, skinheads, white supremacy. But it's a massive leap. So and and I guess like you're saying, we do it on our side. So we say, oh, Mm -hmm. black, you know, black lives matter. Okay, that's, you know, some Antifa, you know, black uh, black wing of Antifa or something like that. Right. I think yeah. when people, if you start talking to people, see, it's one thing to try to talk to a massive amount of extreme folks mm-hmm. versus talking to some level headed folks that are just trying to get you to pay attention to something. Mm-hmm. And then you can have a conversation. You can have a rational. Every Look, I sat in the room last night uh, because of the Time magazine article. It's a, a, a cop on here by the name of Sergeant Charles Lowe. And Sergeant Lowe is I'm going to find him on here. But Sergeant Lowe is uh, a cop here who got ambushed in his car uh, working a security detail. He got ambushed in his car 
and he got shot up. And I'm trying to find Charles. Um, and he got shot up in his car. So he put together, he's all about trying to bring, he's about community policing, trying to get community and police to be better with each other. Uh, and he's a really, really good guy. And him and his wife put on an event yesterday where in the event they had a panel up. So they had the mural, this mural up on the wall and they had a panel. Now the panel wasn't in the mural, but they were talking about gun violence and I wasn't aware of everything that was going on. And I'm like, okay, what panel? This panel actually showed up when I thought the event was ending. So I'm like, and I look up and I see my, my city's uh, prosecuting attorney. I'm like, okay. So, okay, I like being in this room. And I see these other great, educated, smart, intelligent individuals that have different uh, community leadership roles around the city. And it was being hosted by a police captain that then joined in, right? So long story short, everybody will believe when you're having this conversation, I am literally, once again, in the lion's den with a room full of people and a panel full of folks that are anti-gun, right? Like, mm-hmm. so there I am by myself. And they, I let them go through several questions and I stood up and I just stood up and I addressed the group. Very polite. I wasn't confrontational. They weren't confrontational with me. And what we wound up finding out is that after everything was over and we we dialogued with each other, the man, one of the panel members was like, what we need to do is we need to get to the root of why the problems are happening. Nobody's doing that. I'm like, okay, so you don't know me. All right, cool. Keep talking. And so we wound up figuring out that we had way more in common than we did separate. We even agreed that, yeah, you feel like the guns are a problem because how people are getting them. Well, let's have that conversation then. So you got, are you really anti-gun or not? And once we actually dialogued, we agreed. And I said it in, in front of all the cameras that were there. I'm going to leave you all with my business cards because if we are about healing community and working with people, let's not let the media or anybody else tell us we're enemies because we're figuring out here we might disagree, but we're not enemies. And that's what it led to. It led to me setting an appointment with the circuit attorney to get them to back my program and see how I can help the programs they have going. It led with other organizers reaching out to me saying, "Okay, how can we work together? How can we combine our efforts? Because that's what we should be doing. But as long as you let media or your friends or whoever else tell you that, no, people over there are your enemy, you're never going to get to have those kind of conversations. And you're never going to actually sit in a room and give gun ownership a different face and a different representation and a different voice, that being your voice, right? And if your voice, if you think is a good one, respect yourself, represent us right, and you can actually be part of the solution instead of just letting people convince you everybody is your enemy. Because I tell people all the time, media only is the delusion of connectivity while amplifying negativity. That's what it is. Right. And if you allow that continue to happen, we're never going to get to the point that we can talk. So I'm in a room full of panel members that are talking about taking guns. That, well, not taking guns, but they're against guns, violence and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I was the only open pro gun person in a room that had to have 65, 70 people. In. OK. Right? But if I didn't go there, who would have represented us if I if I didn't go? So the news, they put me on a newscast. And I'm saying all that because people are so scared of venues that aren't their echo chambers. No. Go to that local meeting that is anti-gun in your area. Go. Mm -hmm. Don't go yelling. Don't go crashing the party. Just go. Matter of fact, just go. Don't even wear a gun. Just sit back in the corner and listen to what they're saying. And then introduce yourself and say, hey, can we have a conversation? Because that's what this whole thing is about. It's about having a conversation. Um, And so I think it was time that good level-headed individuals get together and have the conversation without somebody amplifying us against each other or putting us against each other. So I cannot find a choice to save my life on here. So I think that, you know, this is one of the things that happens in a war, right? On both sides, you have to uh, make the enemy into some kind of monster. You have to dehumanize the enemy. 
So mm-hmm. I think that happens on both sides. And I understand the reason for it. It's psychological. It's necessary to, um, to actually right. fight a war against. Go ahead. If you look uh, top middle left of the American flags, he's just to the left of that top middle American flag. Yeah, yeah, there he is right there in the very corner. Okay. He was he was ambushed in his car at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, ambushed in his car and guys just unloaded on him. He wasn't arresting him or anything. He was just sitting in his car in St. Louis Yeah, in St. Louis. And, okay. and they just unloaded on him. And so he is uh, was always trying to do community outreach and talking to people. And he was a, and I did a march with them because see this. I'm, I'm only saying this is because this is how we we have to build relationships. Right. You can, You have to build a personal rapport with people sometimes for them to want to listen to you, right? So we got so much negativity going on. I just built a personal rapport. They had a march. Uh, it was called Code 73 March in St. Louis, uh, early fall, late summer. And Charles was putting it on. Now, I met him and his family at a debate I did against Moms Demand Action for three hours, right? So I'm up there debating moms. They saw the way I was interacting, how I was standing on my principles and my points. And it made us start to interact with each other. From there, I then showed up at this code 73 March. It was about uh, police officers that were injured in the line of duty uh, by handguns. And so that march went from one location to the final location where he got shot at. But along this mile and a half trail, we stopped where two other officers had got injured at in separate incidents. We stopped. We talked about what happened. We kept walking. And everybody knows I'm not anti-police. So I have no problem walking out supporting them, especially if it's for a good cause. So we go out, we're walking, we're marching. I got a, I had a conversation with the director of public safety, uh, the city police chief. Then when they found out I used to work for the PD, that opened up the conversations a little bit more. Um, I got to talk to all the officers that were injured and, and let them tell me their story. And I let them know that I cared about what happened to them. And it led with, as Charles was, he had all this uh, publicity out, all these cameras out. He walked half of that march with an NOC hat on. All right. <laughs> you know, and he did all his interviews with an NOC hat on because they got to see firsthand that we might have different ways of trying to get to the issue. Um, but let's be able to be friends and have a conversation. And they're all about community and police working together. They're all about whomever's trying to help. If you're trying to help stop violence. Cool. Fine. Let's work together. We don't have to talk about the political aspects. So I will say now in St. Louis City um, and this this time piece is a representation of it. A lot of people are saying Let's put the politics to the side. How do we get the work done? So we're actually getting the media out of it and just getting to each other and getting the work done. So, yeah, I would recommend everybody else do the same. I think that, um, you know. The way to look at this, because I know everyone has a different opinion, I'm looking at the chat and what people are saying there. Um, I think everyone has a different role to play. Right. So we don't all need to do the same thing. So let's say you're getting into the you know, we're talking about this gun world. We don't all need to do this the same way. You've got your, you know, you've got your Hickok 45s and your IV 8888s and the, and, and, the, and those guys that are making videos. Everyone doesn't need to make videos like that and do that. Right. You know, there's there's a there's a role here for everyone to play. And it's based on the individual. I think that individual needs to think what works best for them. Like, uh, I think you are you know, you have what it takes to do those kinds of things, man. So you've been doing this for a long time. You don't necessarily like, you know, how, how does someone uh, meter their success? Right. If you look at your success by how many subscribers you have or how many views you get or how much money you make or this thing or that thing, it's it's not really based. You can't base it on someone else. It has to be for you personally. I think that getting on this Time magazine is is a great milestone in your life. 
Uh, I'm sure it's huge for people in your family and all that kind of stuff. It's a big deal. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that you're like flying around in corporate jets or anything like that. It's just a like you've been doing you and this is where your path leads you to. And if people are looking at that, I'm not saying it's not for them. It might be for them. But everyone has a different role to play in this. That's true. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I did see a question. Actually, that was pretty profound, dude. That was that was solid. I, I saw in the chat that somebody um, yeah, I saw various things like um, BLM is um, uh, was driving the assassination of cops. I will tell you this. I'm not going to argue that for the hijacked version of it and all the stuff that they start spewing out. But the original start of it was not about police violence. I still talk to I am st- not talk to. I am still very familiar with a lot of the individuals that were there for the kind of uh, start of it or were very familiar with it. And even when you listen to him talk tonight, I was a matter of fact, in the room with one last night and he openly said, I support the good police and I just want them to help get the bad ones out. That, that, so you, you have to now you're talking about the hijacked version. That's a whole different animal. Um, another thing that was uh, mentioned was um, somebody asked that I vote for Claire McCaskill. So that was a, a senator running here in the state of Missouri. McCaskill. <laughs> I know I don't do politics. I don't get heavy into the conversation of politics. But one thing you should be very certain about, you can answer your own question. Is Claire McCaskill anti-gun? Then that's all you... It, Anytime you want to know where I stand, just figure out if the politician is anti-gun. Then there you, there you go. You got my answer. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. I um, think that's where we so like. So, for example, if someone's looking at this and they think because you're willing to sit down and talk to people that you're willing to negotiate away the Second Amendment, uh, I'm not going to speak for you. You speak for you on that one, Kevin. Um, I think that I think that if you are questioning, if the question is negotiating away the Second Amendment because we're having conversations, um, I think that that is a foolish thing to say. Uh, because the one thing that I do very well is stand firmly on the Second Amendment. I am not a, oh, let's give you the, I'm not a negotiator in that, that fact. I don't know. Absolutely not. Matter of fact, and this is all over social media, some people's Facebook Live, uh, the circuit attorney. And like I said, we're going to talk. We're going to we're going to have a conversation. But she said, our gun laws are way too lax. I was like, they are not. And that's yeah. an attorney that I'm talking <laughs> about. I'm right. like, they are not. We agree we are going to help people. But no, ma'am, I don't. That's not how I. And she she had a rebut, like all polite. And she felt how she felt. And I'm like, no. And I can't wait for me and her to actually sit down and talk like, why do you interpret it that way? So when I'm sitting in room with rooms with people that are anti gun or have motives that they don't even consider to be anti gun, because that's the thing. A lot of people don't perceive themselves as being anti gun. Right. That's when that's when you get the people that say, oh, I'm a gun owner, but. Right. They don't they don't consider themselves to really be anti-gun. We do, but they don't. Right. So when you go in, you have conversations. I'm not negotiating anything. What I am doing is rationalizing with them and saying, look, here is a perspective that you probably have, for whatever reason, been blinded, uh, been, been shielded or blinded of. I am here to tell you that these reasons we stand by the Second Amendment are a lot more important. For example, a lot of people, when they see somebody that's anti-gun or a politician or whatever, they'll show up with, and I'm not knocking it, because like you said earlier, everybody has their different lane. Look, man, there's plenty of roads to the finish line, and I need everybody in whatever road you're good at doing that. I'm, I'm all for that. And when people show up with like their Mona Labe shirts, 1776, 3%, cool. I get it. I'm not offended at all. Rock on, man. Do you. Um, but that's not what I do. All right. 
And I don't do that because that's not why I'm behind the Second Amendment. That didn't start my my passion into it. 1776, I honor I honored eventually, but that wasn't my start to why I respect the Second Amendment. Mine was because I watched communities or people that look like me be terrorized. And when I go back in my history books and not the history taught in school, when I go back in my history books and I'm seeing the things that actually happened and I'm talking to older people and they're telling me how uh, our ancestors were treated. Oh, oh, so this this. Oh, no, we need to be we need to make sure that we're OK. So it was historical, but it was different than the average guy that runs up saying 1776. So when I'm sitting in a room with somebody, I'm not arguing any war except for the war that was on people that look like me and Native Americans and Irish Americans and all those individuals. So now they have to change their attack on the conversation. They have to spin it a different way because I'm not in there arguing the constitution. I am saying the constitution supports my argument. And so you're you're getting blind, you're getting hit from both sides. So nobody's sitting in these rooms negotiating the second away. I'm not even there to negotiate. I'm there to educate. So I'm here to tell you that everybody has a different perspective. It's not always the dude that's sitting back, you know, eating beer, bacon, America. It's not always that guy, right? There are ample amount of voices around this country and ample people that have different perspectives. We all just come back to, oh, and legally, by the way, that beautiful thing called the Second Amendment, even if you're not listening to anything coming out of my mouth, that's the law and you should abide by it, right? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hold it one second. Let me let, because, you know, <laughs> babyface, if we don't, like, you know, um, between me and you, we know that this is how we talk. But babyface, you got to, I know you were trying to get something in here edgewise. So, no, no, I'm, I'm, trying to say I like, I like the okay. gospel of, uh, of KD. I'm, I'm totally. Oh, okay. All right. Just make no, sure. I'm, I'm enjoying the, 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 just sitting and listening. To <laughs> yeah. Say. I'm just making sure. Cause me and Kevin will go at this. Like we will rudely interrupt <laughs> each other. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. You're not doing anything wrong, Kevin. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of guns and I'm listening to the gospel of gate of, of KD. I'm, I'm totally on board. This is awesome. Okay. Very cool. Most of, our, most of the people watching are in the same boat as me. I'm told we're totally good with it. Yeah. Um, and let me see here. Listen, to me, the, the big thing about this all is freedom. I think like you just said, Kevin, everyone comes to things from different perspectives, from different origins and all that kind of stuff. Um, as someone who was not born in America, but, you know, lives in America, I'm a citizen and all that kind of stuff. Had my children, raised my family here uh, when I clearly had other options of, of what I could do. I mean, I, I came here when I was a kid. So when I originally came here, my parents made the decision to come here, but I'm a grown ass man. I could go live somewhere else. I haven't found anywhere else to live in the world that I would feel comfortable to live with my family except America. And a big part of that, like freedom to me, you know, it's people see a lot of things in one way. So they just see freedom. They don't realize that on the flip side of that, you have to defend that freedom. So a huge, massive part of that to me is the Second Amendment. You have to individually protect your freedom. If a government is protecting that freedom for you, you are in a cage. Yes, you are you are not actually free. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just the way that we see it. Uh, I don't know. Freedom, freedom is dangerous and dirty and messy. And that's the that that's just the nature of the beast. Yes, yeah. sir. See, he's oh, yeah. up in so quick. Just one second. <laughs> <laughs> like, right to the point. But you know what? Yeah. And, it, and it's and even your story, Hank, right? Like, you know, being from another country and, and why you hold dear to it. That's a perspective that I bet a bunch of law writing politicians don't get to hear a lot. 
Mm-hmm. I guarantee you they aren't they aren't listening to the Hanks of the world say, I know what not having this looks like. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it face to face. You need to listen to me and why I now as an American citizen, I'm telling you, no, we're going to keep this thing intact. That is a different perspective. And it's something that they have to look you in your face and they have to address with you directly. But they can't do it if if a person says, hey, Hank, I want to come down, have a conversation with you, talk to your folks. Let's do it. And you're like, no, screw you. You're anti-gun. Yeah. Well, they'll never hear your, your side of the story. No, absolutely not. And um, so I see the dream. Uh, what is this dream? Weaver man says what being on the cover of time means is when the Democrats get this red flag law is you will be on the most wanted list to take your guts. <laughs> um, <clears throat> everything that we're doing here puts us on the most wanted list. This yeah, is a I've been on that. <laughs> yeah, this is a um, this is something that we undertake. This is a risk that we take. You know, I'm not trying to make it seem like we're heroes or anything like that. There are individuals, human beings who take far greater risks than we do. People who have lost their lives and and um, have come all the way up close to losing their lives for, for this freedom thing that we're talking about. But definitely getting out here, getting on a soapbox, you're already um, in danger for all those things. But I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if there's red flag laws. And or we allow red flag laws to stand where they exist right now. It's no good for anyone. Yeah, you know what the you know what the other the other point of that could have been just to flip what he said around a little bit. I get it was a little bit of humor in there. I, I get it, but to flip that around, what if the all the people that believe what I believe didn't show up for the cover of time? Then what does that cover look like? Yeah. And so then who's there to counter counteract? Uh, it's two hundred and forty five people. So that split that in half. Who's there to counteract? Their voice, nobody, and that's what becomes amplification. Yeah. If yeah, you have to you have to go out there and you have to put yourself at risk. The whole reason why I jumped into um, doing this like podcast thing and doing it on a regular basis like this, you know, five days a week and all the craziness that this really involves, having a separate channel, etc., is because of situations where people don't give us the microphone. You know, they don't give us the stage. They don't say, hey, come in here. We want to hear your perspective. This has happened to me. I've seen it over and over again. And it happened to me um, like I could tell you guys exactly where. It just won't make a lot of people out there happy. But, you know, I went to an event somewhere, NRA, and there was there was there was a uh, what is it like a round table or some kind of shit going on. And um, I was there. I was hanging out. I was looking at some dudes up there on that stage that I knew. And that I'm friends with and all that. But I didn't see anyone up there that looked like me or Kevin um, or lots of other people out here that are in the game. And instead of being mad about it or whatever, I was like, listen, you know what? If someone doesn't give you the stage, build the stage. Go out there and do it. So this is what I'm doing. This is what I think Kevin's doing. This is what I think lots of people are out there doing. It comes with a price. And, um, you know, being uh, on the top of the list of different people out there in the world, I think is just one of them. And it's probably not the worst thing in the world. So, I mean, they they have to, you know, if we can't, it's it's time out for. Um, I, I tell people all the time, man, use your strengths, right? Because we're all great at something. Like, Hank, you're great at things that I'm not. Babyface, you're great at things that I'm not. I'm probably good at some things you guys aren't. Like, if you are talking about fighting a fight, right? You have to understand how to use your teammates' strengths. Like, hey, dude, that's what you're good at do that. I'll support you because I'm not good at that. And I, I think that one of the things that people have found difficult about me, and I see somebody had mentioned in chat, I think that was Scamp that said it, is that A, when I go in, I am going with a perspective. You got to understand something. I'm 
I am one of the best weapons in the arena I choose to play in because a I'm I'm pro gun and pro two A from the very environments that most people are anti gunner from. All right, or they at least vote anti gun if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, can we? Yeah, that's a. I'm, I'm not trying to cut you off because you're making no. a really good point, but I think we need to get into this conversation as well. Are are most black people really anti gun? Because I don't believe that shit. No, they just, they just don't know. And they and a lot of a lot of it's not that I would say this most of because you never say you speak for all, but I'm gonna say now I've traveled the country into a lot of communities. Most of them are anti gun. They are anti violence. They're sick of the violence mm-hmm. and. They don't understand the law surrounding guns besides what they've been fed. But once you actually sit down and have a truthful conversation, all right, what? Like, for instance, there are a ton of 20, 22 year olds that I talk to on a regular basis that are like, I can carry a gun. (laughs) Conceal carry. So let alone knowing that you can do it, do it lawful. Now, there's some responsibility that comes with that. But you can do it. You can do it lawfully. You don't have to be afraid when you see the cops. Like there are different stages to this. And a lot of them don't know. And I think the more and more communities are educated and they are made aware and you don't do it with politics. So you can't go in doing it with politics. Just go in telling people the truth. Let them come to their own conclusion and then let them start asking their elected officials, hey, why don't you want me to know and be aware and have freedoms everybody else is experiencing? Let them ask them that. Yeah. And that's how, that's how you get people to advocate for themselves. Um, give them the information, guide them for their, they're driving their own conclusions and they start going to ask the question. But no, I don't think um, many minority communities are anti-gun. As a matter of fact, I think the more and more that they start becoming aware of, hey, I can do this and do this legally. I think that they are becoming one of the fastest growing pro-gun communities there is. Absolutely. And, and you know, this is what I say when I get into a situation where like you said, you know, we're, we all think that because we fall into this category or under this umbrella that we should think this way, vote this way, et cetera. Um, I think that all these laws that are going into effect are going to put lots of black people in prison, along with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, those aren't the only people in prisons here in America. Uh, you know, People of color are still in a minority in the world, on the planet. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, this is this is the way that it goes. But uh, I think it's an awesome thing. I don't want to look like or be like everyone else. But these are things that we are we, that black people are supporting in America that are going to put black people in prison. Now, are there black people that are criminals that are that are doing illegal, bad things? Yes. And those people don't give a crap about the law. But then there's other black people that cannot push back or fight back against those people legally because they go out there and vote for people who say, hey, we have to babysit you. Therefore, we're not going to allow you to have these guns because they're too scary. Right. And that's where and that's where in that community and many other communities. Right. But that is one that we're singling out just for the context of this conversation where we can't shy away from that. Right. And I know you don't and I don't. Um, we can't shy away from that. We have to be there to have those kind of conversations. And that's why I always tell people, look, everybody can do what they want. But that's why I don't talk heavy about politics, because when you're when you're out there and you're trying to talk to people, if you come waving a political flag, even if somebody doesn't truly understand why they're in one gang or the other, they'll defend that gang. Right. Mm-hmm. I might not understand why I'm in this gang, but these are my people's. So yeah, tribalism, tribalism. Yeah, I'm just going to roll with them. And if you come up with some with the opposite gang color. They're kind of like, oh, you're the enemy. So anything comes out of your mouth, they're not listening to. Nope. Just give them the facts. 
And I think people are, are, are getting stronger and they're waking up. And when you go into environments and when you get your hands on the officials or the leaders in the areas and you're actually presenting a message they haven't heard before and you present it well, as well as you can, you're not yelling. So they're used to yelling and screaming. You're not doing that. You're breaking it down and you're standing strong on your facts and how you feel. And you have the nerve to stand in front, especially when you're by yourself and you have the nerve to stand up. People, if nothing else, will respect that. So they're going to give you an audience. Right. And then that's your opportunity to work that audience. If people are always saying, hey, man, if, if you know, and I get it because people have said a lot. Hey, you know, if they ever start coming to confiscate guns, all you gun guys, they're going to know what you got because they're going to watch all your videos. They're going to do all this and all that. I'm like, yeah, true. Well, you know what? Somebody's got to be a martyr. Somebody's got to die for it because we always say you come take it. You're going to have to take it out my cold day hand. Right. Well, if me helping wake other people up, if I can, if I can be part a little peg in a system. Um, of a system of millions that wakes up 30, 40 million. And at the end of the day, it's going to cost me my life to save 20, 30, 40 other million lives. So be it. Yeah. Right? So be uh, it. Here, here's another question. Bricks. Uh, no, not bricks. Uh, actually, Brian Quick. He says, why then why do blacks vote 95 percent Democrat? That's, you, that's a good question. Like, I, I, I is mean, this is this something you want to know, baby face? Have you asked yourself this? No, question? It, it's really true. It's it's. It's almost like because I, I don't understand it either. Um, well, I would not, answer. I would answer with this: Why do still a lot of people here in the South vote Democrat? Ask yourself <laughs> that. Why does that happen? And I'm not talking about the new transplants to the South that vote Democrat. The old school. Why do the old school people here in the South still vote Democrat? Why? Why do we do it as human beings? I think. I think that is the core of why that's happening. Part of it, I'd say, is because, especially if you're raised as, like, if you're raised, you're a Democrat, this is how we vote, uh, that's that's ingrained in you from a young age, and it's hard to break from tradition like that, even, and, and not just politics, but for anything that you're yeah. raised. Like, why, why do some people, I don't know, maybe someone here, why, do, why are some people only Ford people? <laughs> Kevin said, I know you're not so what you're not a Ford guy, Kevin. Chevy boy, man. Mm -hmm. So why that? Why is that? Why does that happen? How does that how did that happen to you? How did that happen to you, baby? I like my car, but if something better came along, I would totally buy it. It's just I, I no, but how did it happen to you though? How did you how did you wind up becoming a yeah, Ford? No, it, was, it was the first thing bought for me. But because from your dad, right? When I was a kid. Yeah. So your dad's a Ford guy. Not necessarily. No, oh, uh, he's okay. actually uh, he's a he's a Mopar guy. So Dodge. OK, yeah. see, there we go. You know that we like we fall into these. It's it's something I think that's just part of our genetic makeup that we fall into these things. And we're like, yeah, I'm a Mopar guy. I'm a I'm a this I'm a that. And, and I'm not saying that there's something wrong with it. I think that that's just one of the things, um, you know, we've we've all had that conversation that the Democrats <clears throat> are responsible for slavery and the Ku Klux Klan and this thing and that thing. Somewhere along the way, that party flipped over. And then there's a lot of black people that say, OK, this is the direction I'm going. This is who I'm voting for. Right. This is people do these things. Why do people vote for why do people vote Republican no matter what? You know, it's the same kind of situation um, that's going. What's up, Lola? OK, Lola threw me off. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Kevin. 
I think in the, in the um, in obviously most of the people here, I would say probably well all of them, we all have something in common, right? We can we we will disagree on subjects and things like that, but at the end of the day, we all believe in our right to bear arms, right? So that that's a common place for us. And a lot of times people are asking the question, I get that people are aware there are other issues in the world, but you have to remember too, there are other issues in the world outside of guns that people you know care about. So if they're not really educated or aware of gun rights or gun laws, stuff or gun, gun violence, which is a falsehood, then that might not be the thing for them. Um, you get to talking about other issues that affect their communities, healthcare, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I get that you can have those political debates which system has the best thing for this answer? And you can do all that, right? Um, I, I do think that at the end of the day, though, here's where, forget the politics, just where people that uh, have a different opinion. Do you know, let's just stick back, let's go back to guns. I'll ask this question. How much or what percentage of involvement would you say the Second Amendment community or anybody that supports guns, right? supports our first responders, military, police, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think a high percentage. Uh, I'm not going to say everyone because I know, I know there's some people that don't. I mean, yeah, I'd say a large percentage. But a large yeah. percentage, right? So if an officer gets injured in the line of duty, car accident, or it gets gets hurt in other kind of, or is a victim of a crime himself, um, you will see fundraisers and you see, you know, this two-way community, you see people donating guns and raise a lot of money, right? Um, and I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. We should absolutely do that. Um, do more of it. Yeah, now, we kicked up, by the way, we kicked off a car war. I see that. <laughs> now, let's take that officer and let's make that little Johnny in the inner city. And he mm -hmm. gets shot just walking home from school. Nobody. How often does the two-way community raise money for him? This is nobody gives a shit about the inner community. And I, I know I know that might be offensive to some, but people don't. And, and it's sad that nobody cares about it. Even when you look at like CNN or Fox or whatever, nobody gives a crap about violence in the inner city. Nobody does. Right. And I'm, I'm not arguing that. But here's the thing. When people are trying to get people to go a different angle or look at guns from a different perspective, just sticking with that subject, when I'm trying to get them to do that, it's like, well, the violence is there. Right. Mm -hmm. And remember, my local politicians that are that were already in office when I was born, right? And them and their families are already telling me guns are bad. Don't touch guns. I'm seeing corruption and crime every day. Uh, what's my relationship what, with the police like, right? So everybody I see has a gun I normally don't get along with. Or I've been a victim of some kind of violence that might have involved a gun or my family's been affected by it one way or another. And everybody in my community, the, the corner store worker, the bus driver, my school teachers, all of them are constantly feeding me the same thing when it comes to it. I don't have a voice to counteract it. So eventually, okay, right? guns suck, right? Now, when you finally do get to see somebody from the other spectrum of it have a conversation, and this is a generalization, when you get to see those people have those conversations, normally it's yelling or it's, 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 it's signage that people from those communities don't don't understand. You can't take a 24 year old kid that's trying to figure out which way he weighs on an issue that's been born in the city all the time. He's looking at a flag with a snake on it, saying moon away. He doesn't connect to that. All right. But that is his only opportunity to see you. And that's probably around some kind of political cycle. So it's blinded by politics because that's when the news amplifies it. That's when people are doing rallies and et cetera, et cetera. So you're not getting a chance to really see or hear the other side of the issue. Every day you are around the same people that are saying, no, guns suck. You're seeing the fact that, oh, to me, guns do suck. So if so, you want to be the change, if you want to flip 
95 to 90, then down to 87 and so forth and so on, then you, each individual that wants to see that change is going to have to be part of that change. You're going to have to go and represent yourself differently because we're not there. And that's why when I use that example about little Johnny, if a cop gets hurt, we all donate. That's a human being. You should. You should help him out, right? Little Johnny gets hurt. The, where's, the, where's the Second Amendment community? I mean, let's, let's be really honest about that, right? And, uh, and what I've been trying to do is, from my end, because you don't, if you see a problem and you don't have a solution, you are probably the problem. If you see a problem and you're not vocal about it, you are just observing, right? I am off of the point of just observing. That's where you, you observe to learn and gain information. I am at the point now, I saw a problem, I observed it long enough, I lived it. So now here's the solution. That's where aiming for the truth comes in at, right? So that's why I'm constantly telling the 2A community, like, just donate to that, give to that, and I'll be your voice. So when I when I do aiming for the truth and I'm in inner cities, the banners that are strung up are gun companies. The people that are helping to move around are gun people. So when I'm sitting there in front of 30 or 40 people and I get to say that, they're 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 taken back. And you can ask the gun people that have been to the events. The the crowd is just kind of taken back, like the gun community cares about mental illness in our community, they care about us getting jobs. Yeah. Because nobody's ever done that before. So you can't complain about why people are thinking the way that they're thinking about a thing when you're not part of the conversation to help change that perspective. What else do they have to go off of? Yeah, absolutely. So so Lola wrote this on the board instead of coming in here and saying it. OK, she <laughs> she says not genetic uh, generational upbringing. OK, yeah. um, I, I agree with that. And I think on, in terms of what you're saying, if you uh, if you look. Okay, she's coming to write something on the board again. All right. So I don't, let's yeah, I don't think any thought pattern is genetic. I think that is completely how you're brought up. Your thoughts in general and, and how you feel about situations is based on how you're brought up completely. Yeah. But also so so for example, I remember to once again, let's like go outside of, you know, you have to try to go outside of, of your situation and look back at it, right? So I wasn't born in America, grew up outside of America. To my to my parents. In Guyana, guns were a bad thing. The government made them think that only for the government, for the soldiers, right, to have, not them. And they still feel that way. So they're, they're brainwashed, programmed into that. Um, and, and then I left there, went to England. But as a kid, even living in England and then living in Nigeria, I was always into guns because I'm a dude. Right. And I think that happens. My, my sons are like that. I see that they I never push guns on them. They just gravitated towards those things and they were into it. But when we came to live here, I understand, like, even though people don't think that about me, I understand what it is because we were too poor to live in the projects, you know, and, and I grew up in a really bad part of New York, Far Rockaway, during uh, the crack era, the 80s, you know, graduating high school and all that and growing up in the middle of hip hop and everything. I could tell you that there are there were lots of guns in the community in the things that we were looking at, like movies, uh, music music videos, all that kind of stuff. There were guns there, but there was no understanding. You know, it's it was it's almost to me looking back at it like voodoo. Right. You know, you just look at these things. and You think, oh, yeah, that's it. You're cool. You're a man. If you have that thing, this is how you defend yourself or however you want to look at it. When I spoke to Lola, Lola told me she always thought it was for the bad guys. Only the bad guys had guns and things like that. When we take away the voodoo from all of this stuff, when we make when we bring people, I think, to an understanding of what it is. So even in in the like we're talking about the inner city, 
If you bring people to an understanding of what that is, that's how you change this. I think that's what you're saying, right, Kevin? Bring yeah. people to understand what this is. I even challenged uh, the local leaders this uh, yesterday at the event I was at. I challenged them. I said, you know what? In the history of mankind, right? Every time we've had a problem, we've not only come up with a solution, we've tried to educate people on the solution, right? So um, the technology boom, computers and things like that. You started trade schools. You had you know, programs and you train people up on that stuff. When we went from an industrial society to a service society, there was an education process that went along with that and people had to learn how to flip the script. Uh, if we have an agricultural problem, farmers are getting educated. Like education is always the key to lead to the solution. And so I posed this question to them and I didn't get an answer because they couldn't answer it. I said, if we believe, because I, like I said, we have a violence problem, not a gun violence problem. We have a violence issue. But if you want to say that it's gun violence, okay. Can you explain to me why if gun violence, since gun violence is such a problem in the cities, why you don't have the educational centers, a.k.a. gun ranges, allowed in the cities? Because you are saying there is a problem, but you won't allow the schools in to help educate people about the issue. Then, mind you, the schools could work closely with the local PDs. They could be, um, you know, they're going to they're, they're not you make sure they're going to they, people know where they're building a business at. They'll make sure it, it has the ability to sustain any um, vandalism yeah. or things like that. You have to trust them to do that. But you can also run different programs out of there. You can run family safety training out of there. You can do much more than just sell people guns. Right. Yeah. You can get kids in like what I do with kids. The, the challenge I put the kids that live in certain areas, a gun store could do the exact same thing and probably do it better than me if they were in the area. Hey. If you get in trouble one time touching an illegal gun, you won't get to shoot all these cool guns. I tell them all the time, I don't care what those dudes on the street got. Trust me, it ain't nearly as cool as what I have or what we can get our hands on. Right. So you kind of play that thing with them and their eyes open up. Right. That's how I was able to take 17 inner city kids to a gun manufacturer. I took all those kids down to CMMG. Right. Blew their minds. Right. But imagine if we had that education right in the heart of where you saying the problem is. Families could come in. They can get educated about safe storage with guns. Kids can learn where guns are at an early age, right? You can help families at one time understand, here's how you be responsible with these things. And if the kid gets an itch, because like you said, Hank, you were drawing the guns because you were a dude. Every boy, I'm going to say majority of men since the dawn of time, whatever weapon was around, that's what they had. Mm -hmm. Many times you weren't considered a man until you were proficient with the weapon of the day. Mm -hmm. So that being said, people are going to have guns. People are going to be drawn to firearms. So that 12-year-old kid that really wants to shoot a gun, why not have an educational center for him to go do that responsibly? So his introduction to it is one of, you know how gun guys are going to talk. When you talk to people, you tell them the safety rules. You tell them it's not a toy. You're talking to them about being responsible. If it's somebody you think might be a little high-headed, you're like, hey, these aren't the tools you use to solve your problems. Conversations we all have, right? Yeah. You tell them stay out of jail, otherwise you won't yeah. even be able to have these and things. Then you become, and then you're able, actually able to build mentorships out of those facilities. And guess what? The crazy part is the cities don't even pay for them. They're businesses. They'll pay for themselves. But you don't allow them there. You write legislative laws to keep them outside of the city limits. But you say that's where your big problem is. So when I pointed that out to them, I mean, obviously, mum was the word. Like, so you can't say you have a problem and you're refusing people to education. That'll be a good start. But they won't allow it to happen. Yeah, I think. Um, OK, uh, Armament and Axis gave us two bucks. He says, can we agree? We have a good versus evil problem. Look, I don't. Uh, what, so, Kevin, when did you graduate high school, for example? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. OK, I graduated in 88. Um, I don't know. Babyface, when did you graduate? Two thousand five, six, two thousand seven. There you go. Two thousand seven. See, I was close. Pretty close. Let's, yeah. Now, I remember way back in the 80s that there was this thing called AIDS. It was scary as fuck. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Lots of people were dying, not just gay people. I know there's a whole, we can get into, like, we can get into the mire of all the controversies or whatever, but lots of people were dying. Drugs, sex, you know, this was creating a problem, right? And how did they go about dealing with that? Did they say, let's confiscate all the dicks and all the vaginas? <laughs> you know, let's have sex control. No, I think what, I think the way that they dealt with that is they started teaching people more about sex. Yep. And, and try to get people to understand that, hey, sex can, is dangerous. If you're going to have sex with this person, you know, that person could have been with all these people and they might have something. you got to think about what you're doing, not don't do it, but think about what you're doing. There's steps that you can take to be safer when you're doing this. Right. That's the thing. I think that's a similar thing going on here, except what they're saying is, oh, we got to get rid of these things. It's very mm-hmm. similar. I was talking to a guy from Germany um, at. Um, at the SEMA show. And he was telling me, oh, in Germany, we could drive as fast as we want to. We could do all this kind of stuff. But, you know, America, you guys have guns. Well, what if in Germany they said, no, you can't drive as fast as you want to? No, you can't have this car. It's way too powerful. That's the same kind of way that we're trying to deal with what's happening here. That's not what they do in Germany. Instead, they they teach people, okay, you got it. You know, this is what's going on here. These are the rules of the road. You have to be careful. This is how this thing works. I think it's the same situation here. We can't look at guns and just say, oh, these inanimate objects are doing terrible things. Let's get rid of them. You know, you have to educate people and let people know what's going on. And I don't think it's just it's absolutely the uh, inner city. Kevin Freeze. Okay, he's still there. No, I'm serious. He's being way too quiet. Um, You know, I think it's. Absolutely happening in the inner city. But I think that shootings, you know, obviously there's shootings in the hood. Right. And, mm-hmm. and things go wrong there. But these shootings aren't only happening in the hood. There's okay. lots of kids, lots of people in places where they don't get the proper education about guns and, and what they're capable of doing destructively and all that. They don't get it. You know, and then something goes wrong. They get bullied, whatever it is. They have mental problems. They're broken and they go out there and they just take out people. And, and then we wind up going, oh, let's do more of this gun control thing. And it, it's not making anything better. And we're like, no, let's triple down on it. It's still not it's still not changing anything. Oh, let's. And we're ignoring the fact that we're not we're not. There's so many things that we're missing in the education of people today that we're just skipping out of and forgetting about. And even just humanizing, like I think this conversation has a lot to do with humanizing. We are not humanizing each other. That's a, I I think, I think that's a huge problem in general with the generations coming up from, I don't know, say 2000 and on, and even people my age, um, you, and we, you know, that's something that I learned in business uh, years ago is the internet has made it easier to dehumanize each other. And you forget that the people you are talking about or talking to over the internet are people just like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it makes it, it makes it really easy to just, you know, disregard anybody's opinion because, Oh, they're just another person on the internet or whatever. So now yeah. I think, I think dehumanizing is a real issue that we're going to have to deal with in the future. Yeah. I think this is just a thing for human beings. That's the first thing that we do with each so, other. Yeah, we're with, so I much mean, alike, but we somehow make ourselves think well, that, that person's an alien. From from a from a psychological standpoint, it's tribalism at its at its you know base level. You to make somebody your enemy, you have to dehumanize them. Otherwise, killing another human or you know anything like that is is 
hard on the conscience. So you have to dehumanize them to make them your enemy. And that goes way back to, to prehistoric or historic times of humans. Um, but when you introduce the internet to it and everybody just arguing amongst themselves, you don't see people as a person. You see people as just another, you know, as just another robot across the internet. You don't care how they feel or think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kevin, I don't know why Kevin's being so quiet. Oh, no, I, was, I, was, I was actually listening. Right? <laughs> Look, I think he's like one of those people he doesn't talk often, so when he does, you just get real quiet. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny yeah. is I've I've heard that before from some people. It's it's like when I when I talk, some people actually either either I talk too much or when I'm talking, people listen. So there, there's there, there's no middle ground for me. Yeah, people yeah. act like they're listening to me. So, <laughs> oh, hey, I think what you said about that the the analogy with AIDS is a good one, dude. I'm gonna steal that one because that that's a that's a lot easier to digest and was spot on. Um, I I. I, I I, I think that one of the issues, though, I will I will challenge, and not just the people in this chat. I know it's a, it's a, this this chat is always fun and lively, so I was so happy to get back on. Uh, but in general, you know, collectively we are a group of, of people that have a common goal. So collectively, we 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 do have to get to the point to where you know when you talk about humanizing people, not only allow yourself to see other people as human beings, you need to go have a, a real talk with self. Everybody should have a talk with self and be like, is what I'm putting out helping or harming our movement? All right. And when I'm putting it out, who's digesting it? Because, you know, there are people on social media that will follow you only for you can fuel their anger towards you. That's the only reason they're there. They're waiting for you to say something else that justifies why they don't like you mm-hmm. or what you stand for. All right. So they're not there to of learn and absorb. So if what you're putting out is a harm and a help. And I'm not saying you change your message. I'm just saying be honest about what it's doing. And if you're going to try to be part of the change, either support orgs that are out there trying to do it and just try not to harm it. Um, but one thing that I've noticed that is a lot of times, I'm not saying it happened tonight because it didn't happen tonight, but I have heard it before. Every time somebody who's pro-gun goes into a room where it's more anti-gun folks, if it's not documented where everybody can see every single second of it, they think you're selling them out. Um, And what I think we need to realize is the cool thing about not being in politics is I don't have anything to negotiate away. You not being a politician, you don't have anything to negotiate away. There is you're not trying to get this passed where you can increase this thing. Right. Baby faces and either we're just going into rooms and we're saying, no, this is what I believe. I'll listen to you, but this is what I believe. And if, if people will adapt when you're having these conversations, if you will adapt more of that. Uh, that philosophy, I think that you will find yourself a harder target, right? Because one thing about folks, when you get in front of them, like I was in front of that panel last night, it'll be easy if I wasn't in a room for people to play a video clip of me on a projector and they all start chomping at me. It's really hard to do that when I'm in front of your face mm-hmm. right? because you're looking right at me. We have to have a conversation. And look, when I stood up and talked, there were a lot of people in the room that were like, like taking back, like there's a pro-gun person in here. Yeah, there is. So get 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 out. I would I would challenge everybody. And you said earlier, everybody does, and I agree with you. Everybody has their different avenues to do. But when it comes to growth, growing the community, if you're putting up videos, if you're a YouTuber that watches this later or whomever, I want you to challenge yourself with something. Or if you're you're a person that shares a lot of posts and you put up pictures of your cool gun when you go by, I mean, whatever you do. I, I like to say we're all equally important. We are. Every voice is important. Uh, that being said, are you sustaining a community that we all agree that is at risk every day 
or are you growing that community? And in that, are you making it harder for people to debate your standpoint or are you having a cookie cutter argument? And one thing that's going to always be difficult for people to do is convince themselves that you're a bad person when in front of you, they realize you are a good person. They say they might say you have bad views. They disagree with your points of view. But I will tell you this. Now, I, I can say it because I've seen it happen uh, firsthand a lot when it comes to political moves and things like that. People, politicians will they won't bow to you like your your representative in Florida don't really care about Kevin Dixie. My reps in Missouri really don't care about Hank Strange or Babyface. They, they don't care, but they will care about what I say. So if you are getting to the hearts and minds of their constituents and you can show them that you have the ability to do that, trust me, they will listen to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the constituents are the power. And if they lose that vote, they lose everything. But if we keep going into rooms thinking that our two A guys are selling us out or we're just only thing we are worried about is every conversation is, hey, my gun's cooler than your gun. Hey, I bought a thousand dollar gun. You're broke. You can only afford a three hundred dollar gun. And we're still having those high school silly arguments. You're not growing anything. You're you're sustaining something that everybody will say is at risk every day. So if you're not part of the growth, are you part of the death? Well, you know, you know what? And, and and one thing I could say about that, I think that's another uh, multi-sided issue, because um, I think whenever you're not going into the room, whenever someone else is going into a room, you you know, it's a human thing. Right. You are paranoid. You don't think they're representing you unless you're in that room. But I've been in the room, for example, with black people that just because they see me in the room with gun guys, they're like, oh, this guy's a sellout. He's not nah. like, you know, so so that happens all the time. Um, I think that's just you have to be yourself and you can't worry about that. Ultimately, like you're saying, people will find out who you are. And if they're if they're I don't really mind people um, misjudging me. OK, because if you take time, you'll figure out who I am. If you just judge me from whatever you see in the beginning, then you've messed your own self up. Right. And okay. I think that's just the way of it. I think the thing that you're saying with social media, though, it's like someone was asking me earlier if I was going to talk about Takashi 6ix9ine. Right. So I guess I guess Takashi got himself arrested. Yeah, yeah he got in trouble. Okay. All kinds of craziness going on there. Oh, who who ever thought that was going to happen? It's just bad. I don't. I don't. I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Google Takashi Six Nine. He's probably the hottest rapper. But really? Oh, God, yeah, I can't personally. I probably can't even. I cannot listen to him rap. You've seen him before. He's got like cotton candy colored hair and a bunch of yep. tattoos on his face. Yep, I've seen him before. Yeah. He looks ridiculous. so. That's the hottest rapper, and this is the point He's that I'm getting serious? to. Well, this is the point I'm getting to about the Internet and social media and all that, Kevin. And I think you're aware of that, right? Because I was talking about the numbers and all that before. Um, if you're someone like you, if you're Kevin Dixie and you're out there and you're doing it and you, whatever, you, there's not a million people following you, Kevin. There's nope. not. And there probably should be. OK, there's not a million people following me. Uh, there probably should not be because <laughs> I would do very bad things with that. But I understand it. I get it. The, the problem is you you have the Takashi six nines of the world because mm. they just troll everyone and they just do the most outrageous stuff. I was having this discussion the other day about, you know, there's there's people like that in our community that when they do some crazy acidness, super ninja moves, you know, with guns or whatever, then we all start sharing it and putting it out there and laughing at them and doing whatever it is. And all we're doing is propagating that. All we're doing is pushing that and making other people think, oh, if I want to get that attention, then I have to do this, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, 
And I don't think I get it. Like we, we get, we throw up uh, expensive things. Uh, I do that. Everyone, you know, everyone shows off, Hey, if you work for something and you have it, there's nothing wrong with that. But then I think people will keep pushing the boundaries and keep going further and further just to get the attention to validate themselves instead of just doing that, that slow work, like what you're talking about. Yeah. I think that, um, Hey, look, I'm not, I'm not, and look, I mean, Lord knows I, I shoot, mainly HK handguns. All right. Let me, you know what I'm saying? But it's, uh, it's one of the things where I'm, um, where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, when I'm having a conversation with people um, and I was actually having a conversation with a, with a guy uh, at a, was that at the time? Might've been at the time shoot. And we were talking about social media numbers and followers and things like that. And like, you know, I know right now, you know how I, I promise you, I can jump 10,000 subs in 30 days. I know I could do it. All I got to do is come out and say something like, let me come out and say I'm a black Republican. Done. Right. I'll get hate and love from both numbers skyrocket up. Right. If I come out and say all of a sudden, if I just wanted social media numbers and if I come out and say, well, I am kind of against guns. Numbers skyrocket. <laughs> Because yeah. people want to see, just right? troll people. Just troll people. Pick a war. Yeah. Go out yeah. there and st- start a war with Hickok. Forty-five. Go ahead. People will flock. They will come. Right. Yeah. They want to be part of the carnage. Right. They want to yeah. be part of whatever. But what I've always stood to is my morals and my values. And and it's one thing. And it's going to sound kind of corny, maybe to a lot of people. But social media lives forever, right? So I have to. My kids are going to see probably this conversation one day. Mm-hmm. And. I am going to always be able to say, not that dad is perfect, not that dad doesn't make mistakes, not that I never said something I wish I could bring back. But at the same time, overall, this is who I am. And I don't I don't think that it's good that adults, because it's mainly adults doing this, that are allowing somebody to do something reckless or silly to go out and give them power by promoting it and likes and things like that. But then turn around and say our community is dying. I think that and I'm not saying it because my numbers are on astronomical. I'm having a great time. I might not have a million subs, but I made it on the cover of Time magazine. So hell yeah, yeah. nobody could take that from you. I'd like to see some dudes that have a million subs do that. Right. You know, I'm I'm not tripping off that. I've, I've been blessed with great relationships like uh, NRA TV and New War, and I've been on several conversations. I've been on TV. I've done TV show. Like I'm cool. I don't even really trip off the sub numbers because I believe that the people that are around honestly do believe in what I'm doing. So I have not all of them, but I have a, a base of people that I know are behind the movement. And I think that once we get to where we're trying to be the coolest kid and nothing against the guys that are good at it. Look, some of these dudes worked hard for their platforms. They did a lot of good stuff. And Lord knows I wish them nothing but success at the same time. What I've noticed is guys that are trying to establish a name for themselves in different arenas. Some dudes are just gun dudes, gun tubers, YouTubers, whatever. And what they're doing is we're 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 mimicking things. Nobody's being original because everybody wants to be the it's kind of like everybody wanting to be a singer, but everybody wants to be Michael Jackson. Yeah. Well, the formula is dumb it down. Right. That's like what happened in hip hop that we're talking about. True. You know, if you dumb it down, you, you bring it to the base level. I guess most people are base. Mm-hmm. or basic <laughs> you know and if you bring it down to that level then everyone can relate maybe we should do it you know what a good a good video would be matter of fact i'll pose the question right now um and i'll you can read the answers whenever uh, you decide to but i'll pose the question right now what do people really want from gun channels now maybe i don't know maybe i'm out of it like what do you guys honestly want what content are you looking for outside of new guns everybody wants to see the newest guns but what I, do you I, really I, but Gun porn is it. I feel like maybe I'm maybe I'm just 
in the wrong, but I feel like most people are just looking for quick content of gun porn. That's it. There you go, Canik. I think you put out a video on that. Oh, uh, Suki. Yeah, a little yeah. Facebook live just having yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, I think, look, you know what I think? So I think that's a really good question. Please do answer the question Kevin Dixie posed. What are you guys looking for? Brian Quick says more butts. Who retracted? Oh, he retracted it. Can <laughs> you put that back yeah. up? Let us know what you're looking for. Look, I just, uh, so I just finished editing. Um, I don't know, where is it? So I've got the folding block, which I know people don't like. Baby face, right? So I've got no, the uh, my Instagram. I posted a picture of it, and somebody was somebody posted today. Like I just don't understand it, and I was like, Yeah, I kind of don't either. <laughs> okay, so look, I just did a video on this thing, and this is like a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Um, it takes hours to make videos. Yes. The, so if you have an hour worth of video, you I'm going to tell you that you easily put probably at least a couple of hours before you mm -hmm. even film that. I had two hours worth of video. Okay, I cut that down to about 50 minutes. Lola was like, oh, you can't do, people can't handle, look at baby face, can't handle it. Okay, I just finished doing that thing. This, I just finished doing this video, 44 minutes. Okay, and I guarantee you that there's people out there that are gonna complain about 44 minutes. Here's my question to you. If you want me to do this in four minutes, all I'm gonna do is show you that. You know, I'm gonna do a lot of that. But if you actually want to know something, it's gonna take you more than four minutes to actually find out something about this before you spend your money or before you get out there, you know, be, uh, and start talking about something that you don't know about. So I'm taking the time to make this thing. But here's the thing I think about it and my philosophy actually of making videos. It's almost like a restaurant. Some people want fast food. They just want to drive through, put their order in there, get their food, get the hell out, go about doing what they're doing. Some people want to come in and sit down have a nice meal, talk to a friend, have some wine, have some, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, right? Hors d'oeuvres, do whatever it is, and then have a meal and all that kind of stuff, sit around, go use the bathroom. And what people, some people want to get in there and sink in and enjoy it. So when you're creating things, you have to think about that. Like, who are you? Are you a fast food restaurant? Are you, you know, are you actual sit down? Do you want to, you know, service both sides of that and give people the option because sometimes that person changes. Sometimes they have the time to sit down and do all of that. Specifically, people. specifically Taco Bell, the most diarrhea inducing, that is my content. For anybody yes. here, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And if you, and if you know, that's who you are, like you're, like you're saying, baby face, and that's who it is. And that is the, most people are like that. And so that's the problem that you're going up against when you're doing this, Kevin. That's that's the reality of this, man. I've been doing this now for like six years and I'm nowhere near a million subs. You know, <laughs> I'm what? not even a hundred thousand or whatever. And it's you know, I've gotten over that a long time ago because I realize who I am and what I'm doing. I, I think that um, I'll be honest with you. So I think what's unique about my perspective is that I didn't start off or I don't. And I'm not saying you do. So I'm just talking about myself right now. I never started. Hey, when I started putting up videos, it was because I was like, why am I talking to myself and my friends? No, everybody should hear what I'm saying. Right. Um, and I never got into this to be like a. I, I guess a YouTuber. That was never my thing. Um, I was like, I, I believe I have a different perspective and a different spin and I'm doing all this great stuff off camera. Well, if somebody turns on the camera, why don't I just say it to, you know, whoever will listen. Right. So. I, from that, I never really got into the 
the number game or how many people? Because to me, look, I know it sounds silly now that I'm at this end of it, but man, 2,000 people hit a button to say that they like you? That's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's not a million, but that's 2,000 people that took time out. You know, it might have took them 30, a, a tenth of a second or whatever, but they hit a button to say that they like you. So I was already already cool with that. Now I understand the numbers game comes into play when, you know, how far does your message go? How many people are able to share it? So then it becomes important from that aspect. Uh, but <laughs> I asked the question of even about what do people want to see? Because I'm going to do more gun content next year. Um, but I was okay with not putting out a ton of gun content this year because I told people, look, man, there's one or two things I can do. I can try to be the next guy that's just putting out cool gun content, or I can see these fires over here that need to be put out. And I'm going to go focus on that because I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not the best videographer. I'm not going to do the crispest, greatest videos in the world. Right. Cause there are other guys that can give you that great content. Hence the channel we're on now can give you those great videos, great content. But I don't think everyone's looking for that. I don't think everyone, I think as a matter of fact, I think some people just don't like that when they see that they think, Oh, this is too produced, too engineered. Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Hells yeah. I'm sure. Let's go. You know what? Let's go down real quick. Um, Because there's 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 comments and people to answer your question here. Uh, Let's see. Mike Bryan says training. Okay, I can do that. Uh, Like uh, he says, for example, Warrior Poet Society. Uh, Brian, let's see. Babyface, uh, (laughs) babyface reposted what Brian Quick said. (laughs) More butts. Big Dick (laughs) Willie said more cowbell. The pants says me so gorny. Music lover says I have no idea what I want. KS Harris. Oh, that's I don't have any idea what that's about. Uh, He likes gun content and longer videos. So, Hank, there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Someone said, I guess they're talking about the gun broken perfection. Uh, I carry my revolver says I kind of like the folding Glock. Music lover says ham sandwich Glock. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. He said ham sandwich Glock. Come on. Oh, okay. Ham sandwich. Okay. Uh, someone here was talking to Armor Made in Axis, says you need to do more videos. You're down to earth and really well done. The long intro, though. So there's some, some critiquing. That's one thing that uh, I'm not an intro guy. I, the first thing I do when I click on a YouTube video is, uh, for anybody that's not aware, on your keyboard, L goes back 15 seconds, K pauses. Uh, I'm sorry, J goes back 15 seconds, K pauses, L goes forward. 10 or 15 seconds. First thing I do when I click on a video is hit L like five times to skip the intro and then watch the content. I hate wow. it. I don't I don't it. He does that to my videos. And by the way, he doesn't, he doesn't actually watch all my videos, just whatever he wants to. I watch most. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> most of whatever he wants to, which is fine. I'm not, I don't expect anyone to do it. I think, I think like there's um, different people. Uh, yeah. So uh, to, uh, along the same thing, I think I make, the content that I would like to make is for people that are like me. And I think, Hank, you do the same thing, Mm -hmm. like longer content. So you make content. Yeah, I'm a nothing fancy guy. That's who I'm a fan of. Nothing fancy. Exactly. Uh, For me. uh, Military arms channel, you know, I mean. You know what I used to, I would sit my phone down years ago. He'd been for a long time. I would sit my phone down years ago, like if a new gun came out because he would go into so many of the specs of it. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't see him always running through whatever mountainside he was on, but I would be able to listen to him. And he might have talked long, but I'm telling you what, you left with some info. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was like your uncle that was in the Air Force or whatever uh, he was in, you know. 
So that you didn't have, because I didn't have one. You know, actually, I had some uh, relatives that were in the military, but it wasn't fun. So they didn't talk about it. Okay. Um, you know, but th- so that's the thing. Like, I think I think you're making a really good point there, Patrick. Like, make yeah, it for yourself. For what you like. And then you're going to attract people that are like you. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I'm short. My attention span is very short, and I try to skip to the points that I like, and that's just who I am. So I make uh, my- ADHD. Yeah, no, totally, totally. I make my content somewhat like that, where it it goes to the exciting stuff quickly because I know that if I'm watching it, I'm going to be skipping through trying to find something that is exciting for me. So, hmm. and I think yeah. I think all of us probably do that for, for however you because I know Hank likes long winded content, and he always has, and I think you watch long mm-hmm. content. So Absolutely. That, yeah. That's why you make it that way. Yeah. I mean, even for this, so this is a completely different thing, I think from the videos, but even for this, I like Joe Rogan, you know? Yeah. I see. I can't sit through a whole, and this, this is perfect because Hank and I have had long conversations about snippet links and things like that. Hank can sit through a whole Joe Rogan podcast. I go to the snippet section and just watch the clips. I can't sit for a whole two hours of Joe Rogan. It just is too much for me. So, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's just it's just people's philosophies. If you do, you want to go through a few more of these answers, Kevin? Or sure, yeah, I'm all for it, man. Uh, let's see. Archangel says at NOC at Babyface P. I'm always looking for both Gorn and civil conversation oh. on two way rights. Okay. So Kel Gunner's asking when we're going to get TNP on the con on the podcast. That's uh, not fancy. Um, I don't know. Probably never. Know doing on this. <laughs> um, I've I've met I've met Nut and Fancy one time and spoken to him one time. Um, I believe that Mixflip has that video up on his channel of when I met him and spoke to him. It, it, listen, Nut and Fancy is a really cool dude. I can't say it like you know. To me, he's one of the coolest YouTubers. There's some YouTubers out there that I've met, you know, that uh, I probably wish I would have never met. But he's he's a cool guy. The the thing is with him, he's very anti messing around with the community and for good reason. So I think, like you said, Kevin, he's been doing this a long time. I think he's had experience with lots of people and the game and all that kind of stuff. And for that reason, yeah, he's not really trying to rock and roll with anyone like that. And I kind of don't blame him. He's doing his thing. He's got his following and everything and he's all good. I don't really think that he really has to do it so the likelihood of that is i would say incredibly incredibly low so but he would be he would be welcome on here anytime so let's see uh, i shoot my ak naked says hot chicks laugh out loud that's, that's what he's looking for what's his name in jacksonville uh posting posting hot chicks constantly on our facebook pages who um, gosh, I've been drinking too much. I can't think of his name. Who? Someone we know in Jacksonville. Yeah, in Jacksonville. Nine oh four. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Rod Mills. Rod Mills. Oh, thank you. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Rod. I didn't mean to forget your name. <laughs> no dinner. See, uh, um, Kevin, remember that theory I told you about? Like the white people can only have like one black friend. They can't retain. <laughs> can't retain the name of more than one black guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was great. Neckbone. Huh? Go ahead. Richard Richard Hughes says he wants more neckbone. The neckbone's not over there in the back, as you people could see. And by the way, Rod Mills is the one. I think that's why Babyface is forgetting his name. 
It's because he's yeah ruined my dog's name. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, Patrick doesn't like this name Neckbone at all. Okay, you all like it. You all might like this name. I guess Patrick. It's all that matters. Yeah, this remember this is Patrick's baby that you're talking about. (laughs) Just like how you have your baby, Kevin. I don't Mm -hmm. know if Kevin even is aware of the whole Neckbone thing. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Okay, so Patrick has a dog, right? You've seen his dog before. I've seen the dog. Okay, so his what? Uh, what's what's Neckbone's name? I can't even remember his real name, Buckshot. <laughs> Buckshot, yeah. <laughs> I can't re- I can't retain the name more than one name of a dog at a time. So anyway, his name comes to like a like a shooting thing with us at Hank's place one time, and has started just he just started calling him Neckbone. He he thinks he looks more like a Neckbone, so he calls him Neckbone, and it's like a Neckbone. It look, he looks like his name should be. Um, listen, we are talking about Rob Mills here. He was probably thinking food. He's probably like, man, if there was apocalypse, I could cook this dog. So, yeah. So that's taken off with the chat. And he's basically known as Neckbone now. And <laughs> this show has weird naming things. So I, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. OK, someone's telling me. Uh, OK, Cyrus 308 says, I watch your Micaroni vid, Hank. It was great. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it, it always surprises me the videos that people like, to be honest with you. It's, no, it's it's true. Yeah, and- because someone else called me and told me, um, you know, my friend Mark actually called me. He's like, oh, I like this video. You, know, you need to do more videos like this. I'm like, what? <laughs> For anybody that's not aware, Hank will spend hours and hours and hours on some content and put it out there and it will get no views. And then he'll throw something together and it'll be like the most popular thing on YouTube. Yeah. It's so hard to predict. (laughs) Yeah. I gave up a long time ago. You just got to put your thing. That's why I'm telling you, Kevin, just do you, man. The, The world will catch up to you. Oh yeah. That's look, I'm, I'm, I'm constant. I'm like, yeah, I'm only going to put out more. Um, the reason I decided to put out, I'm not going to do a ton of training videos because I'm I am I am from the school of you should know enough. And I and I get having reference points, because if you're going to go pay somebody for something, you want references. I get that. And I have plenty of those out there. Um, but I'm not going to I'm not I spend a lot of time developing these curriculums. I'm not giving them away for free. Yeah, just, that makes sense. Um, also, I think that training videos um, should always be very limited. And no matter what you do, even if you try to make a very complicated training video, mm-hmm. it's going to be very limited and two dimensional and flat because your ass is actually not there. There's no there's nothing like physical training. Just yeah, watching like a video is not going to train you. I'm sorry. And, and look, there are some guys out there that put out training content that, man, I'm like that dude's. The dudes, but they got you, like you said, they got, normally they have multiple cameras. They got, you know, a lot of editing that goes into it. And those guys, maybe they have, and none against because I watch them. Like I absorb from the videos and, and look at them and listen to different ways to teach students and stuff like that. And maybe they have the, the, the clientele where they can afford to do that, right? I don't know. I don't know everybody's story. Uh, but for me, I'm not going to be giving away a whole bunch of that stuff. I spend a lot of time developing these things and you need to come take a training class. Like I, I you haven't, you can't find one bad review uh, from people and I've trained some YouTubers and none of, you know, they'll tell you if it's up and none of them did. Um, so I'm not, that I'm not going to do, but See, now I know how to go viral. Huh? Now I know. I just, you just told me how to go viral right there. Oh, just to come take my class. And dog yeah. It out. yeah. <laughs> it's on. Hey man, you know, give me some, uh, <laughs> give me half of that monetization. We can talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Kevin will actually freaking ask for that. <laughs> <laughs> then you got the, the gun videos, the gun stuff. I'm, I want to put more of that out there because I think that um, 
I think it's cool. You know, I, you know, people want to see guns, but that that kind of stuff. I think I can do relatively quick. You, people want to see guns be shot. You want to get my opinion about them. That to me is a natural progression. That's a natural thing because we're gun guys, right? So yeah, that's cool. I have no problem with that. I need to do more of that. And then obviously I'm going to stick to my bread and butter. My bread and butter is going to be the message, the word. Yeah, uh, preach, it. preach it. Preach it. Yeah, you know, like that's going to be my thing. I'm not ever going to stray away from that because I was I was even looking at this and I was I having conversations with some guys. I'm like, you know what, man? There is a lot of great content out here. I'm not like you. Sometimes I have my favorites. Somebody else has their favorites. But there is content out here as far as the law. There are a lot of guys that go knee deep into the like the legal aspect and what laws coming down the pipe. There are a lot of guys who do a lot of great training videos, gun content videos. And the stuff is literally good. I'm not like I like it. I enjoy it. I enjoy absorbing it. Uh, but I was like, don't. I was telling my buddy, he's like, I mean, you don't do this and you don't do more of that. I'm like, man, you can't like so and so. I'm like. I can't get caught up in chasing somebody else. Mm -hmm. I won't do that. Like, it's okay for me to be a fan of a guy and not try to duplicate him. It's fine. Yeah. Like, All we need to do is support that person. That's yeah. it. Support him. Like, yeah, somebody... share his stuff. If you see someone that you like out there doing things, you know, just like say, hey, check this out, guys. Look at this guy's thing. For For anyone that's a burgeoning YouTuber, the worst thing you can do is trying to clone somebody that's super popular it, huh. uh, working towards that is is good to kind of build your repertoire but don't try to be that person it's just not going to happen find who you are find what you're interested in and the audience will find you yeah i always wanted to be the black michael jackson <laughs> Did you sing and dance my... what <laughs> i mean you know yes yeah. well i can't dance that's a lie i have no <laughs> I have no, I have no ass and no dancing ability. Oh, you can't. Sorry, man, you can't do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not that I think guy. That was one of the best things I ever did, though. When I, when I, when I just start talking, I'm like, man, look, I'm, I'm so confident being me. And that's why guys used to always, you know, you would get people in uh, various comments on various whatever you're doing. They're like, oh man, you should uh, do this like so and so. I'm like, well, that's where you messed up. Thank you. You got to be yeah. you. No, yeah, I don't I, even get it to this point. Even before I do videos when I'm speaking or if I'm going to speak to engagements or anything, I won't listen to any of you before I go. You know why? I don't want to subconsciously repeat what you said. Totally. Right? So that makes sense. I literally go zoned out for at least if I know I have an engagement coming up, I will go zone out for like 24 hours because I don't want to if especially if it's something that's dealing with what I'm about to talk about because I don't want to regurgitate what Hank said on accident. Mm -hmm. Like I always want to be a thousand percent me. So it's like, okay, that might be good. I heard that last week. Clink. Let me go do me. And when I come back, fine, I'll turn it back on. Um, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so don't be, and I get a lot of people and I've gotten a couple of messages uh, this week and I've gotten these before guys are like, Hey man, very, very nice and very, uh, very kind. They're like, Hey, been, uh, watching what you do, like what you do. Uh, would you mind having a conversation with me about how I can get started? I'm, I'm an aspiring instructor or I want to put out my first videos, things like that. I can't respond to all of them. I have responded to a couple of them. And the one, the one thing I always lead off with the conversations with, who are you? Yeah. And whoever you tell me you are now is who you better be in three years. Like, who are you? You're not a people. Uh, people are not going to remember a clone. So if you're a Hickok clone, if you're a military arms channel clone, if you're a Cola Noir clone, <laughs> no one's going to remember you. Like, I think with you, Kevin, my first experience with with you was the preacher man. I was like, this is a this is a very, uh, you know, controlled, uh, deliberate black man. 
you know, obviously educated and intelligent and with a thought process and all that. Do you understand? Yeah. I think that you have your own way about uh, of going about things and may not immediately seem to some people like being super cool. Well, everyone can be super cool. You know, like it's like someone trying to be Colin Noir coming into the thing. And then you try to come up with you going through the dictionary and trying to come up with all kinds of words <laughs> you to describe shit, you know, <laughs> and trying to wear the hat in a certain way and have that swagger. You're, you're killing me. That's a waste of time. You, you're going to get talked about so bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> people, people will see it coming from a mile away. And so yeah. that's what I tell man, be, be you do. And you know what? Even if it, I would much rather fail at being me to succeed at being somebody else, man, just, just be you. And, you know, and I, you know, you were one of the guys uh, I listened to a lot that you had to say, you know, off camera when nobody else was listening. Um, there are other people that I've listened to. And just to get knowledge, because I don't I don't I like learning like I like learning from people that have already been there, done that. Right. So I will learn from someone I trust that has a certain knowledge base. Um, but the cloning of people, I think, is uh, is ridiculous. And, and that's what I always stick with, like, man, be you. But chasing these numbers and and doing all this kind of stuff, I'm like. That's not going to be genuine. What's going to happen is it's like dating a girl, you know, or you're going on your first few dates. Eventually, your representative is going to leave. It is going to leave and a real you is going to come out. And what are people going to get? I know a lot of folks, for instance, with these training videos, you get these these guys that are, you know, great shape, none against them, doing great things and got great content, got great uh, areas to use for training. And, you know, you're seeing them throwing smoke bombs and they're doing all kind of cool, legit stuff. Not mad at them. And then you're like, you watch that and you're like, oh, and here I was about to put a training video out about grip and stance. I just got to watching this crap. These dudes are, you know, jumping out of Buicks and, and, you know, smoke bombs and shoot. Yeah. So don't watch it before you make your video. Just yeah. go. Well, you also, and like you're saying, ask yourself who you are, but it's the same thing that the audience has to ask themselves. If you're looking at a guy, someone doing all of that super tactical ninja stuff, you have to ask, are you a super tactical ninja? True. Is that yeah. how you live your life every day? Yeah. Or are you just, you know, a guy who works in an office and you have a family and you you go about a normal life where you don't have to be tactical? That stuff's cool for the SWAT guy, you know, uh, for your local SWAT guy or whatever. Maybe not necessarily cool for you it, unless that's the life that you want to live. You know, there's lots of people out there faking the funk or whatever. But I think it's this, the ultimately all of this. I'm just going to tell you guys this. From my point of view, I don't know a lot of things, but I know this when it comes to creating content for anyone out there that cares to listen to this. You know, it's the audience. It's not you. It has nothing to do with you. You do you. You do yourself. You create something. You put it out there. You cannot force people to consume that. Nope. You know, people come along and make a choice to do that. And when they make that choice, they see something reflected in you that they that they like, that they empathize with. You know, so people are always choosing. I think for whatever reason it is, people out there are going to choose to listen to you, Kevin Dixie. They're going to choose to listen to me. For some crazy ass reason, they'll choose to listen to Babyface. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, there's there's all kinds of people in the world. And let them make their choices. I, I tell folks, and I'm, I'm always thankful when I get the guys that are like, and they'll say it, I'm like, why in the world? isn't this channel up to, you know, million, this and a million that? And I'm like, A, thank you. I do appreciate that because that's a compliment, right? And B, I'm kind of like, you know what, man? I'll tell you what's, what's cool is that I've been not to the point of complaining because I'm definitely not complaining, but I've been really, really busy. And you know what? I'm doing it from the heart. I'm not chasing anything. I am, I am going out to deliver what I believe is the right message to people 
And I'm actually trying to help folks and I'm trying to combat and fight for our rights at the same time. So when I get up and I move around and I do stuff, I'm cool with that. When I teach training classes, I tell people we start off talking about the mentality of why you're here. Uh, no other choice. That is it's a reason why it's titled that. And you're going to you're going to hear that every time you come take a class from me. And when I get people out on the line, I've got military guys, I've got cops, I've got regular Joe Blows, carpenters, whatever. And everybody learns because we're all trying to be okay at the end of the day. But if I was out, even from a training aspect, if I was out trying to be, I'll tell you one guy I I really like uh, from a a training video aspect is Knockout Lights. Um, Knockout Lights, okay. Um, Knockout Lights. He, He makes some really good stuff. He puts out some really good content. And he's just one of the, the, the guys I like, but I'm not, I'll listen to his content because I like the way he breaks stuff down because I, I am attracted to his content because he's a thinker. So I like people that go through a thought process because I'm a thinker. So I get it. Like I absorb it and I like it. So I watch it and I'm like, okay, this is, this is cool. This is, this is nice, but I'm not going right out to the range trying to mimic him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to steal his fan base. I'm not trying to do those things. I am content with telling folks, the people I want in my class, A, is anybody who wants to come learn from me. I don't care who you are. B, I want the guy I'm not after. I'm not chasing the SWAT tactical dude. I'm not chasing him. If he comes, great. I would love to have him. Pretty sure I can teach him some things. I am after the person who wants to get from Walmart home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if mm-hmm. you want to expand it and A, if you if you need to learn how to run a rifle, for home defense or just run it out to 200 yards because it is your personal defense firearm. Yes, I want you to come. You want to learn how to fight and get out of a vehicle? Awesome. Come. You want to learn how to, you know, control the crowd, uh, movement, suppression, team drills? Awesome. Come. But I'm not going to put out content that makes you think you're going to come here and I'm just going to sell you an experience because the guys, I would hope, the guys that are selling their experience are giving you that experience once you get there. But don't be the dude that sells somebody something and when they meet you in person or they come for it, it's like, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> you know, you 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 said we were gonna make filet mignon. We making Roman noodles. Like what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My taste buds were ready yeah. for filet mignon. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I understand. I understand that. Okay. okay, so listen, we got a couple of minutes here. Um, we do. Gun Prime is helping us put this on, so I do have to mention Gun Prime to you guys. Um, tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be the last show for this week because after tomorrow we're going to take our break. But we're going to do all the Black Friday deals and stuff like that tomorrow. Um, I did post up something here with a Gun Prime deal. Uh, Babyface, you can check it out. It's a Beretta M9A3 FS 9mm 5.2 inch um, threaded tan. Pretty good deal. 869. I paid a lot more than that for mine. Yeah, so that's the deal from Gun Prime. Um, There's going to be a bunch of crazy deals on Gun Prime, by the way, guys, for Black Friday. So uh, check that out. Somebody wants to get me something. I am looking for a Keltec RDB. Um, And tan would be nice. Uh, you know, probably OD, OD green. You can get me OD green and then 10, you know, and then if, if nothing else is available, fine. I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll go for the black one. Score. So we don't gun yeah. point now or what? Uh, well, yeah, let's, let's I'm sure you have, where the, where the hell's that canic that was in the box? I got the, uh, you mean this one? Yeah. Are we just going to see the box or we're going to see? Thought, the I thought we just liked the boxes. Like, is this dramatic enough? I'm trying to get my video editing skills. Like, yeah. the video okay. like this? listen, if you want to make your videos blow up, we just told you. Like, just get a Sharpie and put 6-9 on this cheek <laughs> over there and then do some squiggly lines. doesn't have Probably to be good. artistic. I actually got a couple of things I would like to show off. So, yes, this is the the new uh, the new hotness from Canik. Uh, yeah, I um, – okay. So – Boom. 
this so is this is this is the tactical. Yeah, the TP9 uh, Elite Combat. Wow. Okay. A trigger. Does that trigger with. come with it? Yes, sir. Oh boy! Oh, Suki. And it's awesome too. Out the box, it is yeah. awesome. Um, it is. We rotate on the other side. This here. is out the box condition right now, right? That's out what the box condition. Okay. Very nice, man. Oh. Yeah. Hank's, Hank's getting a little excited over there. I can hear yeah, it. A sweated barrel. You know. Yeah. Oh, oh, the other barrel. It's what's nice. Hey, that guy. Yeah, it's fluted. Fluted, threaded. How much is what is the what is the MSRP on this bad boy? Eight forty nine. Whoa. Eight forty nine. Okay. Suppressor uh, ready. Yeah. I was gonna. Say, <laughs> well, I was gonna say that that is like the M nine A three. Yeah. You know. Um, and you also can put your uh, your red dot on top. Jesus, you know? that's cool. That's cool. Comes I like with, it. Um, this comes with uh, two mags. So the first one is fifteen. And you know how I'm meaning to do this, and I'm gonna do it here because I'm trying to. It's, this is actually smaller, and I'm gonna do. See, this is gonna be a gun video. I'm gonna put out. I'm actually gonna put out a video on this. This is actually slightly smaller. I didn't measure it. Slightly smaller than the TP9. Um, slightly smaller than that, but it comes with a 15 rounder, and it also comes with. Uh, what's this guy? Oh, they're both 15 rounders. So this one okay. just got one. Two just magazines. Got okay. All right. There you go. Like that. Oh, okay. So, so that other magazine has a plate on the bottom of it? To yeah, it's just a flat mag. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. So that other plate doesn't extend that magazine? Uh, I believe it. I want to say I want to say it's a plus two. I guess still got to play with that. I'm pretty sure. And I shot the crap out of this thing this week, too. You'd think I would know. Yeah. I got notes. I have to go get my notes. Yeah. No, uh, that's but, cool. yeah this is um, this is cool. Now, this trigger, I'll, I'll run that for you. So you take the mag out, make it easier. All right. Yeah, so how's the reset on it? Yeah. yeah, just just listen. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Nice like, positive reset. Yeah. Wow. That's like it, it, it's literally right there. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah, you could dump that magazine real fast. I was out at the range. See, there you go. There's something unique. Nobody ever goes live from the range. The first time I went live from the range was actually on Hank's show when I shot yeah. a machine gun, right? And then I was like, oh, yeah. "How often do people actually just go live from the range?" So I've started doing that. I'm like, I don't know. I just go live from the range, right? Because usually I the range has bad internet. Dude, it normally does, and I found this one sweet pit at the range I go to. <laughs> like this one sweet spot that gets signal. But I like pull up and yeah. I'm stalking that spot. Like, Put an X on that bad boy. And you move. But yeah, it uh, it actually picks up pretty good. But yeah, this is um and this is Ambi, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Christian Grest is saying I just saw an elite combat for six ninety nine. Yeah, the MSRP eight forty nine is what's on the uh, uh Century's website. So I'm not saying don't go shopping. Yeah, there's gonna be deals. There's gonna be deals right now. So, and yeah. I will tell you what: at six ninety nine, I will buy this gun three times. Yeah, uh, Tango Hunter says he just bought an Elite from his local gun store. Joe Carpenter says short reset. Uh, lots of people shouting us out. Welcome to everyone who's here. We're about to shut it down, but you know, please do hit the thumbs ups. We got a hundred people watching us, even though we're about to go off, <laughs> which is cool. But we will be back tomorrow. Um, and uh, Mike Bryan says, I've been thinking about buying that. Live uh, live range days, get content out immediately. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then there's, um. oh, I don't know if we want to. No, go ahead. You got, show us. Then there's, there's, there's these guys. You familiar with these guys? Night Fission. 
Yes, I am. Pretty. Oh no, it's a it's a company making night uh, uh, um, night optic, not night optics. Uh, oh. you know optic. Let's do something else. See, I like being original, so I put these. I put the night vision sights, and I'm gonna not point the gun at myself here. I put the night vision night vision sights. I don't know if you can really see those. Yeah, it's orange, but you're putting an orange background. But we can background. Let me see if I can. Yeah. Oh, crap. I don't know. There you go. Right. Yeah, I can see it. Right there. So these are the night vision sights. Now, if you give me five seconds, I'll cut off the lights so we can see them glow. Okay. All right. So. Do it. Gorillas and Guns says there will be a turkey shoot video coming out Thursday. <laughs> uh, Kathleen Music Lover says bought night vision sights for CZ P09. Okay. All right. Can we? Uh, I don't know how well we can. I, the light from the computer is still showing, but yeah, I could I could see the orange dot. I could still see it back there. Let me see if I can darken this up. No, now I can't see it at all. Can you see the rear sights? Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that what we're looking at? Well, yeah, I'm showing you the rear right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. And it's still computer light showing, but these things, in comparison to the Trigicon HDs, glow way brighter. And yeah, yeah. And, and when you talk, Kevin, I can see your teeth. So congratulations to your dentist. Hey, yay! Thank you. <laughs> and Neckbone is in the building <laughs> as we as we get ready. Yeah, Neckbone is like, dude, it's time to take me for a walk. That's exactly what he's coming up. He's like, what are you yeah, a few yeah. hours. Yeah. So let's uh, let Kevin come back on. While we're waiting for Kevin to come back on, Babyface, what do you have going on? I don't know if you're going to be on the show. No, you're on, you're on the road tomorrow, right? Yeah, I'm on the road tomorrow. Um, I'll be back next week. What's going on? Uh, check me out on YouTube. Do a search for Babyface P in the first that comes up. My Instagram is baby underscore face P. Um, and I'm trying to get better at posting on that. I'm really bad about it, but I'm working on it. So, yeah, uh, I think Neckbone needs his own YouTube channel. He will actually blow up. All you have to do is paint nine on his face. My, my Instagram is going to be 50% guns, 50% Neckbone. I guarantee it because it's already mostly dog. So, OK. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. And Kevin Dixie, what's going on with you, man? We're wrapping up. We're wrapping up here. How can the people follow you? You know, how can they get in touch with you to get their copy of Time Magazine signed, etc.? <laughs> Bring your butts to a NRA show and just put yep. the magazine up and come on out there. Um, as far as keeping up with me, uh, the, for YouTube, it's NLC Firearms Channel. So NLC Firearms Channel. For Facebook, there are three different ways. It's NLC Firearms Training, KD of NOC. Please like that page because that's where I'm going to start putting most of the content. Uh, for the, the personal content anyway, it's Katie of NOC and also Kevin Dixie, but I'll maximize out on friends so you can follow, but I can't accept you as a friend. Uh, Facebook said you have only a certain amount of friends. Um, so then, damn, you hit 5,000 friends already? Yeah, I deleted like seven because I got more people, better people I want to put in there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it maxed it out. Um, and I keep doing that too. I take two off because like, I don't even know. You guys never talk to me and these other people do, so I'll put them in. Um, there's, um, oh, I'm sorry for uh, Twitter. I'm going to get better as soon as I learn how to operate that thing. Uh, NLC uh, Firearms on Twitter and then on Instagram, Katie of NLC and also NLC Firearms Training. And you can always uh, give us a call at 314-699-4466 for your training needs. And yes, you can also email us at training at no other choice for your training needs and also your uh, your 
uh, booking requests. We are now doing booking for public engagement speaking. But you can do that as well. Uh, and also hit up NoOtherChoice.net for any of your um, to see our training calendar for 2019. That will be up in two weeks. As far yeah, as what and, I and unlike six nine, I am Kevin's uh, manager and I'm also his booking agent. <laughs> you know, don't believe any videos he puts out there that I'm not. Send all monies to me. Hey, send them all to Hank. Hank will cut me a negative check. <laughs> uh, as far as what I'm up to, um, I'm going to be putting out a couple of gun videos like, hey, this guy. So you're going to see a lot about this guy here. Um, I'm going to have some more gun, con gun content come out this year. Uh, I will be down in Phoenix is my next trip in next week. I'll be down in Phoenix at the Crossroads Gun Show at the AZ Firearms booth. Uh, I'll be there all day Saturday. So if you're in that neck of the woods and you're coming to that gun show, it's apparently supposed to be a huge one. So if you're coming down there, please swing by the booth. I'll be there all day chatting up with people. Um, then after that, I am going to, I have one other trip, I think in December, the last two weeks of December, I'm going to take off though and just spend with the family and burn down because you know what show's coming up right after that. Shot you. Yeah. Shot yeah. You. By I the way, go ahead. Go ahead. You're going to be uh, opening a grocery store in Pekima. <laughs> uh, I'll, be, I'll be there. And um, next <laughs> show I'll introduce um, will be when I introduce all um, my new uh, uh, professional relationships, I should say. So I'll be making those introductions there. And maybe you ought to be paying attention. I'll give this only to the strange crew. You ought to be maybe paying attention, maybe paying attention because a shot show. There may be a sneak peek of a custom line HK with somebody's name on it. I'm just saying. Oh, Suki. You might want to um, you might want to pay a little attention. More reasons to never buy an HK. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no uh, mine better just already be in the mail. That's all I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. After even going through this little um, this little design phase. I tell you what, man, I got a new respect for uh, for gun companies. <laughs> okay. A whole new level of respect for them. All of them. So check this out. Uh, classified information said neckbone 8888. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should make that. Because everyone in the, and if, if you don't know, if you follow the 8888 crews, like everybody's something 8888. <laughs> Maybe I'll make that Instagram and just start using yeah. it. No Everybody way. should just do that. Everyone should just <laughs> Yeah. That's what's wrong with your Instagram, Kevin. You need to make yours Kevin8888. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So listen, um, I know that we're going to get into the HK thing now. We'll bring that back for another day. Trust me, when Kevin puts it out, we'll, you know, we'll get him to come back on or something like that and talk about the HK, or you can you you'll see it at uh shot show. Um Let's see. All right. So that's pretty much it. We'll be here tomorrow. We're going to do the Black Friday thing tomorrow. I think Walter will be here. Um, we also have uh, Gunstreamer. I guess Austin's going to be coming in from Gunstreamer tomorrow. We'll have a bunch of deals and things like that going on. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're out of here. Peace. Oh, be peaceful. Enjoy your holidays.